Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing Chapter 9 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Dark Mark. We have some announcements and reminders and want to know your... Oh, what? Hmm, skip the line. Um, announcements and reminders, we want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Would you like to write about it? We're working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you'd like to submit, check out blackgirlscreate.org for guidelines and for our previous submissions that are awesome. Super awesome. Um, love our blog, love Wizard Team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Um, please consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording these Wizard Team episodes, and Patron and I have access to those videos, even though sometimes they're janky because Google, hang up, Google Hangouts never loved us. Um, but at $5 or more a month, you can get the video the Tuesday before our episode drops on Wizard Team Wednesday, and on $10 or more a month, you get a link to watch us record live and can join a chat room to discuss while we record and give us your uh, MVP and bench live as well. I heard that Google Hangouts was janky, and I like to agree because I didn't hear the rest of that. Until <laughs> um, of course. If you would like to donate but can't do a monthly donation, you can donate to our PayPal. You can find the link to donate at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. If you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, and even if you do, um, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere where they let you rate and review podcasts. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. And tell your friends. Right. Word of mouth. Get them That's to listen. important to add people to yeah. the team. Also subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. If you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Go to blackgirlscreate.org. Also, um, within the newsletter, there are hyperlinks. And so when we say, like, this is what we've been nerding out about, and then you see a, a little part of that and it's a different color, if you click on that, it will send you to what we were reading. I had to explain this to my mom yesterday, and I felt like, she's like, I always open your newsletter and I read it, but I don't <laughs> know what else. And then I was like, do you click on anything? Because I don't, we can see on the back end. I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, what? And my dad was like, yeah, I click and I read like some of the things that I think sound interesting. You know, I come from a house of muggles and just normals to the max. So it was just really funny to have to like, be like, hey, mom, (laughs) if you click on it, that helps too. Yeah. And also, you may finally start to understand what I'm doing and talking about. Otherwise, you just keep telling me, I get your thing and I, <laughs> it. I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. Being That's at funny. home is fun, guys. <laughs> I know, we're both at home. It's really funny because, like, neither of us are in the same place again because we both went home. <laughs> so now I'm in the day, but Robin's in San But Diego. I will be back after Christmas for Kwanzaa and then we'll be in the same place for, like, a tiny bit. Yeah. I didn't hear that. I just, I really hate Google Hangouts. Oh, Google Hangouts. <laughs> Why do you hate us know what so? You said. Follow us at We Black and Nerds. Like us at Black Girls Create on all social platforms. Well, not all social platforms. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. 
And join our Wizard Team Facebook group where we have really interesting conversations that do not belong in a 140 character limit or are just not conducive to Twitter. Um, or if you just don't really go on Twitter, but you're on Facebook, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know you, whatever you prefer, <laughs> we're there. I just want to talk Potter. Like, I don't care if it's by Al, if it's by email, if it's by Twitter, Facebook, if it's by carrier pigeon, even though why would we have a carrier pigeon if we could use owls um, or bald eagles? Like, I don't care if it's by, like, smoke signs, like, it, Morse code. I don't know Morse code, but I would learn it <laughs> if I knew that Potter. we were going to be talking Potter. So I just want to talk Potter with my Potter friends, and I don't care how. Real. So the tagline <laughs> wizard team, talking Potter with our Potter friends, don't care how. In, um, any, in any capacity. <laughs> let's do some wizard team news slash stuff that's happening. Um, you can apparently take Harry Potter yoga, if that's a thing that you would like to do. You should look that up, you know? It's so cute, too. Like, they have different names. Um, so, like, instead of, like, downward-facing dog, it's, like, do the three-headed fluffy or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, which would really, like, keep me interested in yoga. Um, and whatever, like, child's poses or whatever that pose is where I always fall asleep. Like, always fall asleep. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know you just lay there, basically. Mm-hmm. Wait, the one that you lay on your back or the child's pose? The one where you lay on your back. Oh, yeah, Savasana. Yeah. yeah. My godmother used to make us do that, like, when, um, because I don't know, I may have said this at some point, but my godmother was, like, my teacher from, like, when I was, like, a baby, like, from when I was a baby till when I was six. And, like, whenever to... she was to, like, second grade, um, when she would, like, when we were just doing too much, she'd be, like, Savasana, and so then we just have to, like, lay down wherever we were, <laughs> and then she'd be, like, just chill. It was like the pre um, timeout because we got those too, but it was like before y'all get to the space where I'm gonna need to put you on timeout. Just just lay down, everybody lay down. Take some which deep is breaths. also really great because um, Ami now goes to Bayana's godmother for school, and I got a yoga mat, and she was just like Namaste and <laughs> yoga poses. It was like child's pose, downward facing dog, savasana. Happy Namaste. baby pose. Wasn't it the happy like, baby pose? I don't okay, know what girl. that is, but okay. <laughs> Never heard of the happy baby pose, but sounds cool. Happy baby pose. You <laughs> never heard of that? No, until she is said it. Is that not a thing? <laughs> she said it very, for, like, mm-hmm. very straight. Like, she was teaching us yoga. She was a happy baby pose. <laughs> All Here right. Here we go. All right. Um, in other Potter news, the Quarry Theater is putting on Tales of Beetle the Bard, December 21st through 23rd. It's There's in no Bedford. In there, so I don't... Oh, sorry. I meant to put the link, but it's in, it's in Bedford in the UK. So if you live... No, oh. Bedford. If you live there or around there, go check but it out. It's not like... Oh, uh, well, it's in Bedford, the UK. Um, okay. But it's not like a... Like, it's not like affiliate, so it's not like a Warner Brothers or J.K. Rowling production, but they got permission from them to put on the show. So they're doing um, the Three Brothers, the the one with the fountain, and there's one other one that I can't remember. Babbity Rabbity? I don't know if they're doing Babbity Rabbity. Um, that would be lit if they were. Also, the in other Be- Tell the Beetle the Bard news, which one I decided I'm going to read to Aminata, because I, I also have never read it. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Um, but... A copy of Tales of the Beetle of the Bard. This was, I think it was in the newsletter, but we definitely tweeted out. 
um, sold at auction for like $32,000 or like $320,000. Something like that. something way too much money. A lot of money. A lot of money. Like all of the money. <laughs> so that happened. Yeah. So be ready for a Tales of Beetle the Bard coming to a theater or playhouse near you. Right. I mean, this Ooh. one is more, is like, this one is really like, it's like community a really, yeah, thing. it's more yeah. like community based and like fan based and like, it's kind of like the yo ball at Barnes and Noble, you know what I mean? Like a really small yeah. type thing. That doesn't mean it won't be commodified and used later, obviously. Um, I mean. But like when I first saw it, I was like, really? And then I, when I went to like investigate, I was like, oh no, this is cute. This is kind of what it should be is just like fandom doing cool things for the kids um, or for themselves. Um, Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Also, I want to shout out. um, Sorry. There was, and my Twitter is not working. Someone wrote a article for the Owlery. I'm going to, the Odyssey. And they mentioned us. (laughs) Did you see this? I think you retweeted. I saw it, but I didn't get a chance to read it because I was like in a hurry. So I like read it and then RT'd and then retweeted. Kept. Yeah. Well, it was really good. And um, it's on our thingamajig, on our Twitter timeline. <laughs> and thank you to the person who said that they listening to us made them rethink certain things. And um, not just us. I don't want to be like, we, we are so, you know, but listening <laughs> to us and other um Inputs from fandom really had her rethinking um, the state of fandom or the state of Harry Potter, the Potterverse. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I'm going to read it when we it. finish recording. Yeah. Hmm? I said, I'm going to read it when we finish recording. I think, yeah. And we'll, we, we, can, um, we can like tweet it out when... Y'all listen yeah. to this. At April cool. Showers 414. April Pool. Thank you. That was, it was a really good article. I read it. I enjoyed it. Fantastic Beast and the Future of Potter is what she called it. Is what it's called. Tight. Um, okay. Magical Birthdays. <laughs> okay. Um, it's weird because it's timey-wimey, but because most of y'all listen to this on Wednesday, it's yesterday. It was Portia's birthday. So shout out to Happy our... birthday, oh. Portia. <laughs> Happy birthday, Portia. Use a real one, Portia. <laughs> one of our first Patronuses. And you are always doing too much. You always doing too much, but always got some great insight to say. And we appreciate it, Portia. Happy birthday. I was going to like jump in, but then like Google Hangouts is a problem. So it wouldn't have synced and it would have sounded worse. So happy birthday, Portia. (laughs) Cause yeah, I didn't want it to sound terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. Portia is one of the members of the wizard team and is one of like, like Robin said in her song, one of our first Patronuses. Um, so shout out to her and her birthday. And I hope yeah, that we always appreciate one. your correct yet out of pocket insights. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they're never wrong. They're never wrong. But they're it's always, always a just... mess. But it's never wrong. <laughs> they're always a mess. It's always never just wrong. like damn, but it's not a lie. 
she's got just like an amazing way with her words in which you're like, I mean, you write. <laughs> like, I want to be mad, but it's not but... false. <laughs> so. I mean, you don't have to put it that way, but. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. Um, okay, so let's get into chapter nine of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. It's a pretty long chapter. It's like 20-something pages. Um, and a lot goes down in this chapter. It's because going down in, in the... the d- it actually goes down it's in going. the DM. Ha! That's lit. The dark mark. It goes <laughs> down in the DMs. So clever. Oh! So clever. Pat myself on the back. It's going down. It's going down, down in the, the DM. DM. It go down. Okay. Um, so previously on Wizard Team, um, the Weasleys and them went to the Quidditch World Cup. The Ireland won, but Crumb got the snitch. So everybody's about to party, essentially. Um, but one thing to like keep in mind is that Ludo um, paid Fred and George after they won the bet. And then also Winky was there... Um, who is Barty Crouch's house elf. He was, she was up in the top box with an empty seat and Barty Crouch Sr. never appeared. Bum, bum, bum. Um, bum, bum, bum. So let's, let's, let's get, hop into these DMs. Um, Don't tell your mother you've been gambling, Mr. Weasley implored Fred and George as they made their way back um, down the purple carpeted stairs. Don't worry, dad, said Fred. We've got big plans for this money. We don't want it confiscated. I knew this was going to happen. Right as we start. Yes! Hello, kitty cat. Hi. You want to say do. hi? You can't hang out, but you can say hi. Mm-hmm. It's Robin. No, you can say hi to Wizard Team. Say hi, Wizard Team. Hi. Nobody can hear. No one knows what that means. You have to use words. Yeah, no one knows what that means. Speak English. Say hi, Wizard Team. You have to say it loud. Hi, Wizard Team. Hi. Okay, now say bye, Wizard Team. Bye. Take your water. Bye. bye. See you later. Close my door, please. Thanks. Doors are just suggestions to her. They are. They're not. She didn't even knock. May you one day reach the level of Aminato. (laughs) Door is just an opportunity. It's not a barrier. (laughs) The most interesting four-year-old in the world. Stay thirsty, (laughs) my friends. I mean, she was drinking water, too. Okay. Um... (laughs) Don't worry, Dad, said Fred. We've got big plans for this money. We don't want it confiscated. Mr. Weasley looked for a moment as though he was going to ask what these big plans were, but seemed to decide, upon reflection, that he didn't want to know. That's real. You know what I mean? What you don't know can't hurt you. Ignorance is bliss. Right. And I still think, like, if we go back to what we were talking about earlier, the differences in how Arthur is kind of playing the peacekeeper between them and Molly, Mm -hmm. it's like, he does... I, I refuse to think that he thinks opening a joke shop is a bad idea for them. I'm sure he still wants them to do well in school. Like, that's where, you know, it's like, you don't have to not take school seriously to do this, you right. know? And you don't have to get in trouble to be <laughs> be an entrepreneur. Like, I'm sure, like, he, he operates on, like, two levels there. Um, so it's just, like, a tacit, like, a tacit endorsement? Is that the right word? I don't know if that's the right vocabulary for that, but, like... You know, he 
He doesn't want to stomp on their dreams the way that Molly currently is stomping on their dreams. Right. But also, plausible deniability, man, because they may, you never know what them. You never know what they're going to do. And I feel like it all like makes it sense because, you know, like sometimes you just, you start to ask somebody something and then you're like, you know what? I'd rather not be complicit in your shenanigans. Right? Because as soon as so, I know, I'm, I'm obligated to do something like, about I'm it. A, or like be an adult and be a parent. So instead you just act like you don't hear yeah. it. Let them be I'm them. an accomplice all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh like, my God. I don't need Molly all up on me. What? Sorry. My best friend just sent me an ultrasound of RJ and she's so cute or he's so cute and it's just a little like bunch of swirls. But... <laughs> Um, I see, I see, I see her foot and her head. About to have another wizard team, baby. Yes. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. It's a, tell me now, tell me now. And then I could, I have have to record, bestie. (laughs) It's a... What? A zygote? Like, you can't just like <laughs> zygote? I'm all mad. Like, people, when you're sharing news, you need to text faster. Yeah, you, need really... to te- you need to be on your text game. It's a boy. Because that's what I want it to be. Girl. Unicorn. Alright, we gotta we gotta focus, but but I can't because, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a niece, nephew, or a unicorn. It's a little lady! Oh, God. <laughs> Robin Jr. with a Y! Robin Jr. with a Y? Where's the Y? Because if it was a boy, it was going to be with an I. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Can we pause just for a second so I can go run around? I just want to tell my parents and I'll be right back. Okay, go ahead. I'm so excited, guys. Like, live live on Wizard Team, we found out what Robin's niece is going to be. <laughs> I'm having a baby girl! Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think that's how juniors work. That's okay. Oh boy. I'm an auntie. So is I. So rude. My parents are rude. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'm centered. I'm ready to talk about the dark mark. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a little girl. And she's going to be a little Hufflepuff, probably, knowing her mother. It's going to be cute. <laughs> she's going to be real cute, guys. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Did you hear my dad? No. I said, aren't you going to congratulate me? And he was like, if your name is Fiorella, I congratulate you. I'm doing all the work. I mean, that's real. 
I gotta raise this little nerd. Oh. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you have to actually raise her? But you said nerd, so. Probably. Um, okay, so they made their way back to the tents. Um, the leprechauns are shooting over their heads as they, like, as they go. Because they have no chill. They left the villa to, you know, no, like, tend to their wounds and decided to keep playing around. Um... When they reached their tents, no one felt like sleeping at all, and given the level of noise around them, Mr. Weasley agreed that they could have one last cup of cocoa together before turning in. Um, they were soon arguing about the match. Mr. Weasley got drawn into an, a disagreement about cobbing with Charlie, and it was only when Jenny fell asleep right at the tiny table and spilled hot chocolate all over the floor that Mr. Weasley called a halt to the, ro- to the verbal replays and insisted that everyone go to bed. Hermione and Jenny went to the next tent, and the rest of the Weasleys and Harry went to sleep. From the other side of the campsite, they could hear much singing and odd and the odd echoing bang. Oh, I'm glad I'm not on duty, muttered Mr. Weasley. I wouldn't fancy having to go and tell the Irish they've got to stop celebrating. Which is real. Sometimes people like, when it's a party, it's a party. You can't come through talking about we gotta stop now. Right? Like, you might as well just like, let that go on. We turned up. You, it's too turned. Yeah. Stop <laughs> celebrating for what? Turn down for what? So Harry is going to bed, um, but he begins picturing some of Crumb's more spectacular moves. He was itching to get back onto his own firebolt and try out the Ronsky fate. Somehow Oliver Wood had never managed to convey with all of his wriggling diagrams what the move was supposed to look like. Harry saw himself in robes that um, had his name on the back and imagined the sensation of hearing a hundred thousand strong crowd roar as Ludo Bagman's voice echoed throughout the stadium. I give you Potter! Which is, like, a cool thing, like, especially when you play sports sometimes, even if it's not, like, really what you want to do, it's always cool to kind of imagine yourself as, like, a famous sports player in whatever, like, sport it is. And then you remember, like, oh, I don't actually like people all up in my space like that, or, like, I don't actually really mess with camera, you know what I mean? But, like, sometimes just in the moment where you're like, oh, that would be cool, and then you remember, like, your personality. Unless you're Harry, he would he would actually do well in that. <laughs> I'm about to put myself on the feelings bench, and I'm sorry, but I was like, this is the first time in the book that Harry has dreams of the future and not of the past, or what could have been. Like, this is like an actual, accomplishable future dream. Shame on you. I'll be over here with Connie and Keanu Reeves on the feelings bench. Why is Keanu Reeves? I don't want to. Have you not seen Sad Keanu? I said, Sad why Keanu is he... was our new is our new meme for the feelings bin. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> I was just like, why is he on the? Got it. Okay, because he's <laughs> on a bench. Harry never knew whether or not he had actually dropped off to sleep. His fantasies of flying like Crumb might have slipped into actual dreams. All he knew was that quite suddenly, Mister Weasley was shouting, "Get up, Ron! Harry, come on now! Get up! This is urgent." Um, Harry sat quickly, and the top of his head hit canvas. So matter, he, he said. Dimly, he could tell something was wrong. The noises had completely changed. The singing stopped. He could hear screams and the sounds of people running. Um, no time, Harry. Or Harry uh, reaches for his clothes, but Mr. Reason tells him it's no time to just to dra- grab a jacket and get outside. Um, he and Ron run out. By the light of a few fires that were still burning, he could see people running away into the woods, fleeing something that moved across the field towards them, something that was emitting odd flashes of light and noises like gunfire. Loud jeering, roars of laughter, and drunken yells were drifting toward them. 
Then came a, a burst of strong green light, which illuminated the scene. There have the green light has to also be some other spells because they can't be literally killing people, or I don't think they are because I don't think anyone actually dies. Yeah, um, I, I I think that there's a couple of spells that yeah, do the and I think I think it's just because like she puts a lot of emphasis on green light generally that mm -hmm. it seems kind of weird that it's like vague, but. Also, I know no one. I think like, it's we know no one to died, be like a, so. a bad, maybe like all curse or bad spell, like dark spells, or like green. And some hue of green. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Like different, a sea green. Bit, yeah. No, let's different spectrum <laughs> turquoise. No. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Maybe that's that is what it is. A crowd of wizards, tightly packed and moving together, with wands pointing straight upward, was marching slowly across the field. Harry squinted at them. They didn't seem to have faces. He, then he realized their heads were hooded and their face, faces masked, um, which reminds me and probably most people of some other hooded people. High above them, floating along in midair, uh, four struggling figures were being con contorted into grotesque shapes. It was as though the masked wizards on the ground were puppeteers and the people above them were marionettes operating by invisible strings that rose from the wands into the air. Two of the figures were very small. Children now? Yeah. Kitties? The mm -hmm. babies? I mean, this is like the- What the babies, what the babies do to you? Right. This is like the first kind of scene where, I mean, I guess the first scene is pretty dark, but it's like, I mean, the first scene of the book, I mean, is pretty like dark and kind of, um, mm -hmm. just the tone, it's like tonally different than the majority of like the series leading up until this point. Um, and this is kind of another indication that like, things are real, we're no longer kids, we're getting into some like deeper shit and like darker shit, which I hate saying darker, like evil or shit. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's not a game anymore. Like magic can do, we got all this like, magic can do wonderful things. And then we got some unpacking of that and like, oh no, but some bad things can still happen. And now it's like, nah, like you can, you can use it for, just as you can use it for like cool things, like making us a, a ceiling look like the night sky you can also use it to like hurt people um and like torture people yeah i think the other part of that too is the is this is like the first magic is might like the first physical thing of that mm -hmm. like the only thing that and this is also goes back to your like reminds you of other dudes and robes that we have been used to is like the only thing that sets these for people up as <clears throat> victims is that they do not have magic. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, like, they're not going after, like, Hermione, who has magic but is a mudblood. It's, like, it's not even like that. It's a pure black and white, like, muggle versus magical, like, wizarding kind. And the these Death Eaters got sauced up, and, you know, they always say, like, drunk person's actions and sober person's thoughts, mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean, like, true thoughts, like... They, they got hype on the win. They got hype on the whole scene, and then the first thing that they went after was a Muggle family, right? Which is, you know, like up until until now, every everyone has been or everyone has had like an adversary. It's like Harry versus Draco, but Draco's not an innocent bystander in this. Mm -hmm. Like the only time and we really get innocent bystanders is when we talk about um peter Pettigrew like blowing up that block but everyone else has like been a player in right. this whether or not they deserved it or not like 
they knew what they were getting into and they were like an active participant and this is the first time we see really just we can torture and do what we want to you because we can and you can't do anything right and i mean like it's also the first time like we hear about all this terrible stuff that happened you know what i mean but we never actually see it until this point so then it like yeah so just come going off of what you said like it becomes more real because then it's like oh no like it still happens or like it can still happen um it's not just some story from yeah 14 years ago or whatever the other thing um and let's well i guess let's continue mm-hmm. because it uh, it comes up later okay um down. more wizards were joining the marching group laughing and pointing up at the fo- floating bodies tents crumpled and fell as the marching crowd swelled once or twice harry saw one of the marchers blast a tent out of its way with its wand or out of his way with his wand several caught fire the screaming grew louder um Harry recognized recognizes the muggles. Um, one is Mr. Roberts, the campsite manager. The other three looked as though they might be his wife and children. One of the marches below flipped Mrs. Roberts upside down with his wand. Her nightdress fell down to reveal voluminous drawers, and she struggled to cover herself as the crowd below her screeched and hooted with glee. So that part, I just like, I put a, kind of a mark in there. Um, just like the specific attack and like, I know this is a children's book, but it's still, like, a sexualized attack against, like, the woman muggle. So it's a little bit different yes. than the, like, how they treat Mr. Robert. And it just kind of goes to show, that, like, gender is always in play, even when, like, racism and other stuff is there. Yeah. And that's, like, so I wrote, it's, like, a sexualized embarrassment that is mm-hmm. different from the others. Also, it reminds me that, like what we were talking about, like, why did Mr. Roberts need to be there? Maybe he shouldn't have been there. Right. But yeah, that, that goes into that whole, if you're a woman, no matter what, like that, there's this extra level of humiliation or something that, and I'm I'm sure like in this group of death eaters, there are probably women in there, Yeah, you know, and women, and just like everything else, like people of color are capable of racism or not racism, but of bias um and and suffer from white supremacy the same way white people do we're not immune from it and women are not immune from sexism and like falling trapped to this kind of behavior you know what i mean so like even Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's interesting that she put it in here because you know children's book but this is definitely when things are turning yeah um so, I don't know, young adult book now. But that, since that, so the little, that sick, Ron muttered, watching the smallest muggle child who'd begin to spin like a top 60 feet above the ground, his head flopping limply from side to side. That is really sick. Like, there's this kind of disgust in here, but Mr. Roberts is, flo- like, they just say he's floating. Um, and con- they're moving them around, you know, and contorting them and stuff. But Mrs. Roberts is the only one being violated in a way that is scarring and deeper than that. Like, not only am I, like, being paraded around, mm-hmm. but without my control or without my, with, like, outside of my will, like, you're, sh- you're, per- you're showing my body to strangers mm-hmm. in this very violating way that and i mean she's also a mother so it's also that like added trauma of like and i you're torturing my children and i can't do anything about Mm -hmm. it as well like i can't i'm completely vulnerable and and it's a it's not only a vulnerability of not having magic and not being able to fight back but then there's also this like vulnerability of like her body you know Mm -hmm. and i agree with ron um so 
Hermione and, and Ginny come hurrying towards them, pulling coats over their nightdresses with Mr. Weasley White behind. Bill and Charlie and Percy emerge from the boys' tent, fully dressed with their sleeves rolled up and their wands out. We're going to help the ministry. You lot get into the woods and stick together. I'll come and fetch you when we've sorted this out. Bill, Charlie, and Percy were already sprinting toward, away towards oncoming marchers. Mr. Reasley tore after them. Ministry wizards were dashing from every direction toward the source of the trouble. The crowd beneath the Roberts family was coming ever closer. Come on, said Fred, grabbing Ginny's hand and starting to pull her toward the woods. Harry, Ron, Hermione, and George followed. They all looked back as they reached the trees. The crowd beneath the Roberts family was larger than ever. They could see the ministry wizards trying to get through it to the hooded wizards in the center, but they were having great difficulty. It looked as though they were scared to perform any spell that might make the Roberts family fall. I, I want to like point out and try to keep it under control because it's not just Charlie. But the Weasleys have raised boys, this family, in such a way that Ron's immediate reaction is disgust. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, like with all of the celebration and things going on, and like if you look at like what they kids do to each other at Hogwarts and stuff, you could easily see him kind of being like, oh, look at that, that's a laugh, right? But you, there's just this sense around that this is like sinister mm -hmm. and the mood is different. And he recognizes in the face of the Roberts family that they are not <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they are terrified. Right. And so Ron, who is shown a time and time again of being very like kind of dense and, not, and unsensitive, insensitive, insensitive, um, knows immediately that this is gross and this is not okay. And this isn't like, this is different than a, a prank gone wrong or something like that, right? Because they are a very playful family. But then um, Bill and Charlie and Percy, like, are, like, they come out and they go directly to help. And there was probably, like, a two, in all of this chaos and stuff with Arthur waking them up, waking the kids up and making sure that they're getting out of the tent and going to safety. Mm -hmm. There's probably, like, a two-second conversation in which Bill, Charlie, and Percy are like, we're going to help. And he's like, I mean, they probably didn't even make sure talk. They probably just were like, yeah. Mr. Weasley came in like there's something wrong. They were like, all right, all right. suit up. You know what I mean? Like, let's make sure that the younger ones are mm -hmm. safe and out of harm's way. And then let's Weasley's go. Weasley's a symbol. And like, right. And then you see right away, Fred grabs Ginny's hand and starts pulling her. Like, let's go. Harry, Ron, Hermione, and George follow behind. But like, and I, it, it doesn't matter. Like, right. Like we got Ginny, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, um, a total Weasley thing. Um, and I just, I really want to read some more face. I want to read more. I want to read some fanfic about Ginny. Yeah. Please send me. Or just like the Weasleys in general. Uh, and not like Ginny yeah, Harry, just, just like them as kids and like their yeah, dynamics. Yeah, as a kid and, and family and like Ginny having to deal with like brothers who obviously love her, but who are also overprotected mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Like I want to read about Ginny, the person outside of Harry. It just like right there. I'm like, that is parenting done right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they're, they're, they're support system and you'll see like and that's also a kid the whole thing with percy what makes it even harder right is like you know deep down in there like he knows what's right and he's choosing to like overlook it or not question it so that he can stay in good stance with the ministry like he loses his morals center for a mm -hmm. while but you know it's there and i think like just i just props to the weasleys like in general and molly and arthur in particular because there is there is no hesitation just we're going to help. yeah so the colored lanterns ha that 
lit the path to the stadium had been extinguished. Dark figures were blundering through the trees. Children were crying. Anxious shouts and panicked voices were reverberating around them in the cold night air. Harry felt himself being pushed hither and thither, hither and thither, <laughs> by people whose faces he could not see. Then he heard Ron yell in pain. What happened, said Hermione. Ron, where are you? Oh, this is stupid. Lumos. Um, so she real quick. her wand and directed its narrow beam across the path. Ron was laying sprawled on the ground. Real quick. over a tree root. Um, I was gonna, well, one, that's the moment when they left, when they lost Fred, the twins, and Jenny. And then yeah. also, like, I love how Hermione is like, you know what? Like, magic is being used everywhere. She probably knows, like, they don't actually know, have a way to, to track who yeah. actually does magic. So really, anybody I mean, anybody I feel like they've can... known that since second year when Harry's, like, some house elf just arrived. Right, but I'm sure she did, like, extra was, research. Like, boom, so boom, she's boom. like, yeah, they yeah. really have no... Because Harry didn't really <laughs> figure that out until later. Till who told him? Yeah. I think Dumbledore told him or something. Like, he didn't really know. Yeah, until Dumbledore told him in his sixth year, which is... Never mind. He's not a Ravenclaw. Um, <laughs> not right yeah, I, I to pull myself back. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I love how she was just like, you know what? I'm not expel me <laughs> or what? Yeah, like what you gonna do? Nothing. So yeah, so Ron says, I uh, tripped over a tree root with feet that size. It's hard not to. Said a drawling voice from behind them. Um, it was Draco Malfoy standing alone nearby, leaning against a tree, looking utterly relaxed. Um, his arms folded. He seemed to have been watching the scene at the campsite through a gap in the trees. Ron told Malfoy to do something that Harry knew he would never have dared, have dared say in front of Mrs. Weasley. I love how, like, Joe gets around, make, like, having Ron cuss and, like, have people, like, flip people off without yeah. actually... It's all polite. He's saying it, but it's you hilarious. know what he's saying. Yeah. Um, language, Weasley, said Malfoy, his pale eyes glittering. Hadn't you be hurrying along now? You wouldn't like her spotted, would you? Looking at Hermione and at the same moment a blast like a bomb sounded from the campsite and a flash of green light momentarily lit the trees. What's that supposed to mean? Granger, they're after muggles, said Malfoy. Do you want to be showing off your knickers in midair? Because if you do, hang around. They're moving this way and it'll give us all a laugh. Hermione's a witch, Harry snarled. Have it your own way, Potter. If you think they can't spot a mudblood, stay where you are. You watch your mouth, shouted Ron. Everybody present knew that mudblood was a very offensive term for someone with muggle parenting. Really quickly, though. So um, there's a lot of... Sorry. So one of, like... No, go ahead. He, sa- he says, if you think they can't spot a mudblood, stay where you are. So one, the only reason that they would know that she's a muggle-born is because, like, the Malfoys are in there and they've seen her, so they know. Yeah. But... Um, just that sentence kind of, like, plays into ideas of, like, like, just go, even going back to racism, like, ideas of, like, visual markers of things and, like, mm-hmm. or even just, like, biological markers of things. Like, oh, you can tell a black person because of the size of their skull. Like, if you look at their skull, you could tell what their race was or some shit, which is, like, bullshit, but there's a whole science, it's fake science, but a whole thing that was created from that. So it's, like... No one would be able to spot if you're muggle-born or not unless you told them or somebody already knew. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of this idea that you can. And so then I'm really interested in, like, the pseudoscience of muggle-borns past, like, the sacred 28 or whatever. So we saw when we were in London at the Mina Lima exhibit, and guys, Mina Lima, like, shouts to them. Yeah. It's amazing. They're just so... But they did a lot of really cool oh yeah and that was for graphic designer definitely hollows right like propaganda 
Sorry? I said it was for the Deathly Hollows, right? With, like, the anti-Muggle-born yeah. legislation and stuff. And, like, the, and the, like, Muggles mur- or murderers or whatever, like, just, like, propaganda books meant to look like textbooks or any other kind of, like, credible source. And we, you know, we, we all know, we have that history of what you were talking about, right? Just passing off conjecture as credible science, pseudoscience. Not one type of source. Just... I saw this thing, or I heard it from some so and so around they the had way. Their two inches. I saw them, and I decided that that's that's how I felt in the moment. So it's true, right? Um, so if you can go to London, go to Mina Lima, or just go. I think you can go online and see. They have yeah, they have a store online, like an online thing. Yeah, um, but I don't know if those are for sale. But those they might have prints of them. But like they they did really good work of like these books that like kind of frighten you and kind of talk about like the propaganda against muggles or muggle-borns and um i think it's just interesting because um well let me read this part first uh there was a long bang from the other side of the tree several people nearby screamed malfoy chuckled scare easily don't they i suppose your daddy told you to hide he's up what's he up to trying to rescue the muggles where are your parents, said Harry, his temporizing, out there wearing masks, are they? Yeah, they are. Malfoy turned, still smiling. Well, if they were, I wouldn't be likely to tell you, would I, Potter? Well, you just did. Well, right. That, and then also like, just, like, him smiling and like, him being all relaxed and stuff, like, it's what's yeah, really interesting is, him. like, well, one, he <laughs> clearly told him. There's no point in denying it because, like, it's pretty obvious. But also, like... yeah. You kind of see in in the beginning, it's like, and you see it here, and you've seen it. We've seen it earlier too. It's just like there's a there's like a hint of like glamour, like it's all very glamorous mm-hmm. to Malfoy now. Just like, oh yeah, they're Death Eaters, and they like don't like Muggles, and look at them over there, like showing off their like pure showing blood, it's like show, showing it's their like, power and yeah. their pure blood pride, and so it's all glamorous and interesting, and like, like it's something that he kind of puts on a pedestal and like looks up to. And then he gets, then we see where he gets to in two years and he's like, oh no, this shit's scary as fuck. And it's like, even if it's not a problem because of the ideology, it's a problem because of the way it's carried out and it puts him and his family in danger. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's just interesting to kind of see that like naivety in him. Like he's just kind of like, this is all cool. And it's not, it's (laughs) much realer than that, but it's not for him. Yeah, I think, I think that, what am I trying to say? I think, and I think I've said this before when he was talking about, in the Chamber of Secrets, when he was talking about how he hopes that Granger was next. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing, like, to talk that talk, but you know Hermione. You see that she is a good student who isn't, you know what I mean? And you can feel that kind of, like, surface, superficial disgust because she's got cooties, mm-hmm. Right. But when push comes to shove and she's a, like, she's an actual danger. Um, and you know, you don't like Harry because he's famous and he gets all this attention that you don't get that you think you deserve or whatever. But when you are in the room and people are talking about killing him or want you to kill Dumbledore, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it, it takes it to a different level. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, there are like, it's another one of these lessons in empathy thing where you hear about, lawmakers who are so anti-gay come out and have like this huge mea culpa as soon as they find out that their son is gay or they're gay or you know right. <laughs> like oh but you couldn't extend that empathy beyond your like once it's someone that 
you're related to, then you can under, then you think they deserve their full right. right. You know what I mean? Um, and so because the Roberts are just nobodies to Malfoy, really, like it's fun and it's all cute and games or whatever. Um, but once it starts getting closer and closer to his every day and it's affecting the people around him, it's affecting the tone of his life. Um, then he starts to really think about that. I think also what you said is true. Like once it starts to get dangerous for him and it's not so much the ideology behind it, but the like danger of it, Mm -hmm. he, as we've seen time and time again, he's a coward. Um, when push comes to shove, he doesn't like, he talks a big game, but then he, he runs away. He doesn't want to actually do Mm -hmm. anything. Um, so I think that also plays a role, but. I just, in my heart of hearts, I have a hard time believing that Draco really, really believes that, like, Hermione deserves to die. Or that... I think that he believes that... I think he believes he's superior. Um, Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's different. That's a different thing. And I think mean, also kind of... I mean, there's levels to it, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is also kind of where we get to, like, bringing in the real world where people are like, oh, I don't believe in slavery, but, like, you know, we're better than black people or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we deserve more than them or... But the thing is, is that, like, if Hermione... But the the thing is, is that the belief of superiority means that you're not going to push back. So if Hermione was in actual life-threatening danger, he's not going to step up. He's just going to be like, well... Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But so it's the difference between, be... like, actually pulling the trigger and just, like, sitting aside for it to happen so because you either don't care or... Because wouldn't, he wouldn't not do it because he thought... He wouldn't, like, not step in because he's just afraid or because he's, like, a coward. He wouldn't step in because he's like, I mean, I don't really care about her. It wouldn't be... He doesn't hate her enough to do it himself, but if it were yeah. to happen, he it would be like, all right, yeah, she was a mudblood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, and I, and I, there's no, there's nothing besides my feels to back this up, but I just have a hard time with you going to school and being that closely tied to someone. But they're not that closely tied. And, no. Like, they I, just, I mean, like. But they're adversary, but so to me, and I, I stick with this, like, there is, like, this really thin line between love and hate, and if you hate someone or if you go out of your way to pick on them, you care about them in some fashion. It could be a negative emotion, but they evoke some emotion in you. And so I just feel like I agree with you, but it also just doesn't feel... I agree with you that I don't think he would step in. I don't think that he would put himself in between Hermione and danger or anything like like Harry or Ron would do. But I do think that if something happened, he wouldn't be like... I mean, he might outwardly portray like oh I don't really care but I do think it would haunt him hmm. I think it would have a bigger impact on him than he's willing to admit or and, and that he would like he would never really show that mm-hmm. but I, I do think you know it's kind of like when you find out that I don't know if this has ever happened to you but if you've gone to school with someone and you don't really talk to them anymore but you knew them and you find out that they died and it like yeah that happened you a, a couple months ago actually like, yeah and you're like I didn't expect to feel this much Mm -hmm. you know like or be affected like that that much by it but when people make a mark on you they make a mark on you you know what I mean yeah and I just so I just think that positive or negative or whatever like 
Hermione, Ron, Harry, and Draco all have a they have a relationship. It's a it's a messed up one. It's not positive, but Draco. And he, I, I think he really believes it too. Like, I think he believes that he does not care. But he, like, in the way, in, like, the things that he has done, he does. Right. And I think it would affect him. So let's move on. Because yeah. I did, um, oh, come yeah. on, said Hermione, right. um, with a disgusted look at Malfoy. Let's go and find the others. Keep that big bushy head down, Granger, sneered Malfoy. Um, come on, Hermione repeated, pulling Harry and Ron up the path. I'll bet you anything his dad is one of that masked lot, said Ron. Yeah, with yeah. I also wanted to oh. take make a point here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that um, Hermione. It's such a it's such like a thing that has happened to me too. Like as the person who's actually being bullied or victimized, like Ron and Harry are okay, right? right. From I mean, they're the allies the, in this situation. Yeah, but she's the one that has to be like one. He's kind of right. Right, like if this is what's happening, then he is kind of right, and I'm in danger, and we got to go. Yeah, like we should still be going. Like, and also, like, I don't need you to fight Malfoy for me. I need you to to fight against this entire system Mm -hmm. for me. You know what I mean? Like, this is a small like pick your battles, choose what's happening. Like, now is not the time to like get in this petty squabble. Like, we need to go. We need to find the others. And I think that that happens a lot in, like, the ally and, mm-hmm. like, relationship where the person who is actually has, like, a stake in it or the oppressed person is the one that is thinking far enough ahead and being, like, this isn't the battle that we're fight like, we're fighting. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, don't. It's like, yeah, it's a problem. But, like, in, th- like in, this particular, in this particular, like, moment, it's perspective. Like. Yeah, you yeah. want to go and fight Malfoy, but there's still a crowd of Death Eaters coming at us, like, flipping. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in this moment, mm-hmm. which is what's more important, Malfoy's taunting important. or these people with, like, actual, like, doing literal, like, magic and, like, cursing muggles and muggleborns. Yeah, and you kind of see that, like, I was thinking about, like, one of the protests that I went to after, like, a Black Lives Matter protest after one of the mini shootings and it's sad because I do not know which one. Um, but there was like some antagonism towards the police and it was obviously like the white allies. Right. And we're mm-hmm. like, this isn't helping us. <laughs> like, right. And a, like you're showing your privilege by standing here, like thinking that you're going to throw stuff at the cops and who's going to get beaten. Who's going to get sent to jail? Mm-hmm. Not you. You know what I mean? And like, Who's going to get like on the news talking about like the violence? You know what I mean? It's not going to be like some radical white kids from Berkeley started to get all froggy with the right. cops. That's so like you know what I mean. And so I just think that it's really she didn't do it on purpose though. Let's move okay. on. Okay, um, you're exactly <laughs> that's and that's the problem. I feel like we get here. I'll say this and then we can keep going. But like we get to this moment like every other chapter. <laughs> where we're like getting really deep in it and we're like all these parallels and like all these things that happen in real life and are happening right now um that we see ourselves in and that like trigger us in certain ways but that's not what she intended and you there's plenty of evidence as to like the fact that she didn't consider us at all and it's frustrating yeah. so um fred george and jenny were nowhere to be seen um though the path was packed with plenty of other people all looking nervously over their shoulders toward the commotion back at the campsite. A huddle of teenagers in pajamas were arguing 
vociferously a little uh, way along the path when they saw Harry, Ron, and Hermione. A girl with thick curly hair turned and said quickly, I don't speak French. You can read it. <laughs> Ooh, can I do yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Où est Madame Maxine? Nous l'avons perdu. Uh, what? Said Ron. Oh. Hogwarts. Bobaton. Or Bo- it's Bobatons, right? Or I don't really know because Bo- it's not. We don't know. I think it's Bobaton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so she It's the movies messed it up for me. <laughs> Yeah, um, where is Madame Maxine? We have lost her. Right. We have been lost. Mm -hmm. So the group, they got lost. Yeah. Um, Uh, I also love, because this is kind of a trope, or I don't know, it might actually just be a real cultural thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the East Coast, West Coast beef. Right. The um, English versus French beef. But what's hilarious Uh, about it is that, like, only Hermione knows right yeah. Harry's like sorry she's like they must go to Bobatons you know <laughs> Bobatons um or I'm gonna say Bobatons because that's what it says in the movies and it, it's okay. just all I can hear in my head um I know it's not right um <laughs> Bobatons Academy of Magic I read about it in an appraisal of magical education in Europe which is like of course you did um but also yeah. I love that like the other girl one the fact that the other girl knows about Hogwarts and like knows about other magical schools and these other little like they don't learn nothing at Hogwarts. They don't learn nobody else like about these other magical schools. Like, well, we don't know if I feel Ron like, doesn't know because Ron just responds. Yeah, Ron doesn't. She starts speaking French. Right, Ron doesn't we don't say know anything. If, like, yeah, may, I'm sure maybe like wizarding, I, maybe like other wizarding families know, but I still feel like at school it should be taught. Like here are other magical schools and other places. Like they don't have like a yeah. a world. They geography don't class. Teach God, it's like you know, magic is cool, but you also got to know like the history of the wizarding world, like geography of witches and wizards. Where would you learn that? You just learned how to do spells. You I don't know really nothing about the world. Get to the point of cynicism that I'm at with Hogwarts. I just really need you. It's just it's kind like, of funny because it's like when you read it the fir- like the first twenty times as <laughs> I have. Um, it's very much just like. You kind of just take every. I mean, because I mean, for one, we're deep. We're like close reading, and we're supposed to. Re- we're reading this for questions and like discussion, but like when yeah. you're reading it on its own, it's just like, oh, this is really cool, and like look at all these magical spells and all these like whimsical classes and shit. And then you start really thinking about like logistics and things in society, and it's like, how do you know? How would you learn these things if they don't teach it to you at the school? Hogwarts doesn't teach you shit. Awesome. They don't teach it. In addition to having incompetent um, teachers, they don't have enough subjects that, like, there are subjects people should know that just, they like, don't teach. And then the ones they do that teach, only, like, half the teachers know what they're doing. It's, it's great. Yep. But it's also the most... But, and then it's also somehow the most safe place ever in the world. But only when That's Dumbledore's true. there. Because then if he's not there, then you're fucked. So. Yeah. This is... I just... Yeah. Okay. Fred and George can't have gone far, said Ron, pulling out his wand, lighting it like Hermione. Harry dug in his pocket, in the pockets of his jacket for his own wand, but it wasn't there. Oh no, I don't believe it. I've lost my wand. So, can we just, for a second, sorry. It's been how many hours since the Quidditch World Cup? But here we go. He's only now realizing it. You're kidding. Maybe it's back in the tent, said Ron. Maybe it fell out of your pocket when we were running. Yeah, maybe. He usually kept his wand with him at all times in the Wizarding World, and finding himself without it in the midst of a scene like this made him feel very vulnerable. 
I have things. I do too. <laughs> so I know that there are wand pockets. I assume that there are wand pockets and cloaks mm-hmm. and things. But I feel like you need like a holster or like a wand is just a very unwieldy thing to yeah. travel with. It doesn't fit nicely in like muggle pockets. Mm-mm. It doesn't. If you have it in your purse and you got to dig around for it, it might get smashed right. up. You have it in your backpack and it's on your back. You know what I mean? Like, so a holster. Like, then people in the South have their yep. guns. Just, mm. Bam. Mm. Bam. Side holster, thigh holster, whatever you yeah. need. You know? But how are we just running around with wands in our pockets? It doesn't make sense. Because it would stick all the way You could, know, one his, his wand is, like, almost as long as a ruler, right? It's, like, 11 inches and some yeah. shit. Like, you can't put that in a pocket, especially pockets nowadays. I mean... Right, they're all small and useless. You can't even put an iPhone in a no. pocket right now. <laughs> I mean, I know so, it's, like, maybe... It's, like, 20 years ago, but still... You couldn't put... The pockets were not 11 inches. I know, inches that's what I'm saying. Ain't no so, pockets 11 inches, like, unless you're wearing, like, some of them jeans. But that was more 2000s, so never mind. Um, Jinkos. Huh? For the skate, for the old school skaters and boarders, the Jinko jeans. <laughs> I had a pair. Oh man, I'm ashamed. Um, but I had a pair. But then also <laughs> on the Harry tip, like the fact that he's now feeling vulnerable and like he kept his wand with him at all times. So like they decide that he dropped it on their way to the thing, but like he really can't remember the last time he had it because he hasn't had it. The last time he saw it, it was when he was um. When? Because we don't, like, he doesn't use it. So, so it's this like, is the thing. It's like, you, what, you and Portia and everyone were talking about last week about um, his wand getting taken at the cup. I always read it, it got, as his wand got taken here. No. Because you see. It got took by Liam Neeson. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but you see right away um, the rustling noise nearby made all three of them jump. Winky, the house elf, was fighting her way out of a clump of bushes, moving in a most peculiar fashion, apparently with great difficulty, as though someone invisible were trying to hold her back. So. That's when I thought his wand got taken. No. It, when you go, I mean, yeah. I don't want to, like, but when no, you I go know. all the way in the fort or the whatever, that, I mean, yeah, that's what I, they, like, the, initially reading it, you, because you don't, because he doesn't notice, you, like, when you're reading it the first time, you don't notice that his wand got took until he does, or at least he lost it until yeah. he does. So, we don't even know that it got taken. Um, and, yeah, we don't even know that it got taken, but and it and Winky didn't take it. Marty Crouch Jr. took it while they were yeah, at the, the that thing. thing where it says um, the house up was fighting her way out. Yeah, as of someone invisible were trying to hold her. But back. that's because that's literally Which, happening. Yeah, that's when I like. So I assume that was when Barty Crouch took oh, it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Holding her back. Um, also, if it looks like someone invisible is doing something in the wizarding world. Someone invisible is probably doing something yeah. in the wizarding world. It's magic. <laughs> We're in a magical on, universe. Son. You like these. Come on, just, man. Just in, like for some people, for some nosy ass kids, they really don't like pay as much attention for as they should. For some nosy ass kids who have access to an invisibility cloak. They just really. Just let that shit go. They are not, they have no type of intuition. It's. Hey, you know what? That looks like an invisible person is trying to hold her back. Hey, you know what we do sometimes? We run around make invisible. invisible to do all manner of shit. How about we investigate this? 
There is bad there wizards is bad. about. <laughs> she, uh, she squeaked distractedly as she leaned forward and labored to keep running. People high, high in the air. Winky is getting out of the way, which is real. That, I mean, and this is like not even trying to like do any like comparisons about like problematic shit, but just like as a black person. It's like, hell no, that's witchcraft. I'm getting out. Everybody running? I don't know why. I'm just running with them. That's it. Have you seen that great YouTube of... Oh, yeah, uh, the black people, like, running. running And they're black people. people (laughs) It's really great. They don't ask no questions. (laughs) Like... They all running in the same direction. Nah, exactly. Some of them near a car Mm -hmm. and take off running. I mean, what's so funny (laughs) is that, like, I don't know that I've ever personally been in, in, like, a situation like that. But ever since I can remember, that was a thing. Like, I, I remember um, my dad showed us War, War of the Worlds um, around mm. the time. I think it was, like, right around the time it was on DVD because I saw it at home. So I was little. I don't know why he showed it to me. It scared me because I was like, these aliens are, like, scary as fuck because I was, like, 10. Um, but anyway, I remember, like, the moment where the aliens land and everybody's just looking up at, at the, um, at, like, the ships and I remember thinking, like, why aren't they running? Like, why are they really standing here waiting on something to happen? Like, right? that's some that's some scary ass shit. Dip, like, leave. <laughs> like, I remember the first time. I think I might have told the story, but um, I begged, I begged and pleaded for my brother to take me to Knox Scary Farm. I didn't even get in the park properly, and I was out. Like, someone came up, and I was like, nope. (laughs) Time to go. And my brother kept saying, like, you don't want to go to this. You don't want to go to this. This is real. Mm -hmm. Like, Knox Scary Farm is real. Like, they don't don't mess around. Like, you don't like anything. We're scared of your shadow. (laughs) I don't want to take you to this. You know, my parents like, just take your sister. Mm -hmm. She want to go. And my brother being like, mm-hmm. Paid that money, mm-hmm. stepped in, someone said boo, and I was like, bye. Right. It's a wrap. <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> I don't, it's just like, don't need nope, to explore I'm out. anymore. <laughs> I'm out. It's not real. It's real enough. Right. <laughs> Can't do it. Not about this life. You don't know. I don't know how the background checks work. They may. Right. Somebody could have slipped lot, in. But some crazy person slipped in. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Take me home. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so what's up with her? Just... Um, said Ron. Why can't she run properly? Bet she didn't ask permission to hide, said Harry. Um, he was thinking of Dobby. Every time he tried to do something, the Malfoys wouldn't like. The house elf had been forced to start beating himself up. So, like, so it does kind of make sense why they wouldn't investigate further within this context. Yeah. Um, because it could also just be like, it could be something magical holding her back. Cause we see how, like we talked about it in chamber of secrets about how like Dobby, there was something magical that was forcing him to do that. Like he couldn't not yeah. do it. Um, so yeah, it's really easy to think that it's just some kind of like magical thing versus like an actual human strapped to her back. Um, yeah. So, I just want to point out before we get into this, mm-hmm. um, groan, ugh, side eye, eye roll emoji, dude holding chin emoji for page 125 of the first chart. Okay. You know, 
House elves get a very raw deal, said Hermione indignantly. It's slavery. That's what it is. You think? You just found this out. Since you just figuring this out? Just now? Well, I mean, okay. I mean, to be honest, I think that, or like, to be fair, um, this is the first time she's actually seen a house elf. So she heard about Dobby and I'm sure she thought like, hmm, that's questionable. You know what I mean? Like, that's interesting, but didn't have, had never seen it. So couldn't actually like comment on it. And I'm sure she like had a thought during the Quidditch World Cup, but they're at the Quidditch World Cup and she didn't actually see Winky interact with, you know what I mean? Like past just sitting up there and being afraid. Like it's still the first time she ever saw her and couldn't, you know what I mean? So I think it yeah. just kind of took, and I, and also she was probably trying to hold her tongue because they're, no, well, no, 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 because they're like at the Quidditch World Cup and yeah, she, she as she gets older, she gets a little bit better at not just spouting shit whenever <laughs> there's no like, well, yeah. look at this logically, Hermione, we don't have time for that. Um, yeah. So, so she says that Mr. Crouch made her go to the top of the stadium and she was terrified and he's got her bewitched so she can't even run when they start trampling tents. Why doesn't some, anyone do something about it? And here comes mm-hmm. Ron. Well, the elves are happy, aren't they? You heard a winky. House elves is not supposed to have fun. That's what she likes, being bossed around. It's people like you, Ron, who prop up rotten and unjust systems just because they're too lazy to. And then another loud bang echoes, and they decide to keep moving, thinking that perhaps Hermione was in more danger than they right. were. Right. Um, um, but I want to stop and say... We've talked about it before. There's this great Tumblr post. It gets re-tumbled, re-blogged all over and over again about how Ron is a stand-in for, like, a racist character and, like, how he grows out of that just by life experience and being open and learning more. And, like, he obviously grows up from the beginning thinking that Hermione is just as equal as he is and just as capable and never crosses his mind to think, less of her that she is a muggle-born and like obviously you see here like he's the one that's like let's keep moving Mm -hmm. like you can yell at me but yell at me while we walk because you're the one you know like who's actually in danger but he doesn't question things that like he hasn't been taught to question right you know like his family has instilled in him like pure blood mania like that's stupid and i mean i think they haven't they don't have really any access to house elves um but i mean i think that also in that kind of sense it's like not just that his parents specifically and like consciously taught him about like being tolerant to muggleborns or like accepting of them um i think the other thing is that they're in a society that is kind of past they're in like a post muggle born like society. I just, yeah, it's you in in quotes yeah. like y'all can't see me. Post- so in quotes, um, be, it's a you know. So it's like it's post- like our title. right. It's like it's like our um country where we talk. We're like we're in a post race society or whatever the fuck. Um, but so in so like on the surface in society, it's wrong to think like not only to be like a bigot towards people of color um mm-hmm. and to be racist yeah. but that doesn't mean those that those systems right but i'm saying like that it, it doesn't mean yeah. that there's still not racism within the system and so yeah. with um so with the ministry of magic like yeah on the surface they're totally against anti-muggle born 
legislation. They're totally against all that stuff. But then when Voldemort takes over, one, that shit is, is super parallel to things that are happening now, but we're in our happy place. Yeah. So we're not going to get into that particularly. Um, <laughs> but they're ju- it's just under the surface. Exactly. Just it's just, not, it's, it's yeah. so they're, they're hiding it. They're not actually getting rid of it. And so of course they wouldn't, of course, like Ron wouldn't, and like the Weasleys wouldn't think to unpack their biases against house elves and goblins and like all these other creatures um, in the same way that they do about Muggleborns, because that's like the main, it's like so raw in their history. Um, they're so against like that particular kind of struggle and whatever. Um, so yeah, so I think that that's kind of part of it is that like, it's not really Ron's fault or the Weasley's fault per se. It's more like they're just in society and they happen to go a little bit further in terms of their like teaching their children to be accepting and like treating muggle-borns. Yeah. Um, with respect and like, like their people, um, they go a little bit further than probably most like witches and wizards do. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't still like susceptible to like preconceived notions and beliefs that have been created in society and aren't questioned. Yeah. And I mean, we see that with Arthur, right? Like Arthur is, someone even said this, like Arthur's fascinated by muggles, but like doesn't actually take the time to figure out what a plug mm-hmm. is. Like it's not, <laughs> like you collect them, but like right. go one step further, right? And it's more about like, oh, it's shiny and whatever. Um, and what I'm, and, and that's, and I think that was the point of this Tumblr post that I'm thinking of and I will find it and reblog it again. But and share it on our social, but because the Weasleys do are not in the economic bracket to even have a house elf, they he doesn't think to investigate that any. Right. You know what I mean? He just takes it for on the surface. He, he's never even seen one. They're happy. That's the way the system works. Like that's how, and it's kind of like how you think of a pet. Like you know, like. As someone who just got a dog, I'm like, Zelda will like be in her crate. And I've read all these things about her being in her crate, but then she looks sad. And so I'm like, I don't want to close the door and keep her locked in the crate, even though all the reading says dogs are den animals and they like to have a safe space to den. And it's fine. And also it really helps with like keeping them house trained. Mm-hmm. So I believe in my own heart of hearts that Zelda is hate, hates me because I closed the door on her that one time. <laughs> and then the next night I don't close the door. I oversleep. And she poops in my kitchen. Oh, is that my nice. fault or her fault? It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was really like, wondering if you were like going to leave that open to discussion. I was like, <laughs> I think it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, no, it's my yeah. fault. Like I overslept and I also gave her like, I didn't do what needed to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is this kind of like thinking of like house elves kind of as pets, right? Like they're not, they're not human. Mm-hmm. They like that. Right. But the difference is Zelda doesn't speak English. Winky is clearly saying, I don't like them. Right. And people are choosing to say, well, that's what's good for her. And it's like, well, no, she knows what's good for her and she's telling you what's good for her. The same way that Zelda in her own way tells me what's good for her right. is to go out ASAP in the morning because she got to go. Right. Also, so, 
Zelda, as far as I know, is not doing labor for you. <laughs> Unless you got yeah, her she, doing laundry or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. She just farts and sleeps and asks for belly rubs. I'm doing labor for her. Yeah. What is the point of having a dog again? I don't know. You love them so much. <laughs> they are so the cuddle. Um, okay. Uh, so they yeah, follow so... the dark path deeper into the woods, still keeping an eye out for Fred, George, and Jenny. Um, they passed a group of goblins who were cackling over a sack of gold. They had undoubtedly won betting on the match. Um, so that's a thing to just put an asterisk by. Aha. Um, farther along the path, they walked into a patch of silvery light when they looked through the trees and saw three um, Vila standing in a clearing surrounded by a gaggle of young wizards, all of whom were talking very loudly. I pulled down about a hundred sacks of galleons a year, one of them shouted. I'm a dragon killer, first of all, fuck you. Um, for the committee of the disposal of dangerous creatures. I know you're not, but still. Um, also, I want to go back to the goblin thing mm-hmm. and then back to the Vila thing because you were just like, aha. But oh, yeah. there is kind of this gross anti-Semitic it is. thing with the goblin. Yeah, I did, I did skip up with that. My bad. Um, and I don't want to skip over that because, uh, again... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like the like the house elves, like no, not like the house elves. Kind of like Hermione here, because like the house, like in the house elf, she's clearly setting something up that she does not see through. Like she fails us. Yeah, she is setting like have this whole diatribe for us, Hermione. She's setting up an, a theme that she drops, mm-hmm. and she should be held accountable for that. This is kind of like Hermione. Do you mean to do this coded language? Do you know what you're? Do you know? that you're using this coded language Mm -hmm. and if you know then do better right see it through um but there is this coded language that then comes back up in which goblins are all just out for they're just for greed and whatever and then she kind of explains from grip hook's perspective of or i think dumbledore explains that like they don't see like no it's bill culture it's Bill, who still works as a curse breaker. So, in their culture, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. They don't. It's not like they're going out to like steal from people or be greedy or whatever. But but it's just a different understanding of wealth and wealth management. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that, it's like what? So one, the fact that this like it's it's a like this anti-Semitic imagery is. I mean, it's already a problem, but then it's even more of a problem when she's, like, using, um, like, Nazi imagery and, like, allusions and allegories for the crux of the story. Um, but then, um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Shit. Oh, okay, yeah. So we're, I mean, and we're gonna talk about this more when we get into Deathly Hollows and actually have more, like, interaction with goblins. Um, but also the whole, like, kind of idea of ownership also reminds me a lot of, like, and I'm sure she wasn't thinking about this because we all know how little, um, research she did for Magic in North America, but it reminds me of, like, treaties and stuff, um. Yeah, and the breaking of treaties. Exactly, and and, and a part of it is, part of it is, like, just straight up exploitation, and some of it is also just, um, like, understandings of ownership and, like, what that means. Um, it's mostly just exploitation, but yeah. So it kind of like reminded me of that. Like when we do get to the grip hook scenes, one second, what? 
I'm recording. Okay, I'm. I'll be. I'll be done soon. Okay, thank you. <laughs> She's explaining important things to you. I know. I thought she, at first I thought I'm she sorry, was just like, coming in to like come in, but she was actually she had a question. She had something to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, I'm like doing some weird <laughs> rearranging so I can plug in my computer. Um, okay, so, cool. so back to the Vila thing. Um, no, you're not, yelled his friend. You're a dishwasher washer at the Leaky Cauldron. At the Leaky Cauldron. But I'm a vampire hunter. I've killed about 90 so far. Why are they all, like, killing people? Like, Why that's hella extra. Dang. What did vampire ever do to you? I, I don't even like vampires, you. but still. Like, what did they do and to you? after reading my, um, Remus, I finally finished it, guys. It took me a long time, because I had to take breaks, because it was, like, it was heavy. <laughs> but, um... Like, the way that they treat vampires, and I'm thinking of Remus and werewolves and stuff, and you have this, um, they're dark creature or whatever, so mm-hmm. obviously, they, I, I killed them. I killed, I killed vampires, like, but is it, was it a bad vampire? Right. Was it killing your innocent people? Like. Or was it like mine in its own business? Twilight vampire, and it would just go out and hunt deer and <laughs> like a vegetarian vampire, or whatever they call it. Except themselves. that they did, um, but it's like, were you sucking blood out of vegetables? Then <laughs> you weren't a vegetarian. Yeah. Sorry. Um, um, I have a lot of feelings about. Never mind. A third young wizard who pimples were visible even by the dim, silvery light of the villa now cut in. I'm about to become the youngest ever minister of magic. I am. Harry snorted with laughter. He recognized uh, the pimply wizard. His name was Stan Shumpike, who was in fact a conductor on the Triple Ducker night bus. He turned Ron. He turned to tell Ron this, but Ron's um, face gone, had gone oddly slack. And for the next, in the next second, he was yelling, "Did I tell you I've invented a broomstick that'll reach Jupiter?" Um, which it's just, he's just being super dumb, but I appreciate the like break of humor within like this very yeah. real and like scary situation. <laughs> but I also think like aha aha like it's Stan Shunpike. Yeah, talking mess. Right. He's not. He's not yeah, in the crowd. So... We really have to figure out what's up right. with Stan. Yeah. And like, and when we get closer, not... we'll think like because I I need to figure out what's going on with Stan. Yeah, but there's like two things here about Stan. Mm-hmm. Which is, is he joining, did, you know, did he join in because he was forced to, Imperious Curse, but, like, why would you Imperious someone like Stan? Did right, he join like, in because he, he was scared? Did he join in because it was the thing to do? But in this moment, in this book, when we see Stan, there is a group of people in Death Eater Mask actually harming people. There is then a second tier group of people who are standing by and watching and cheering them on. Mm-hmm. And there's a third tier group of people who are running away. Right. So in in that, like, Stan later becoming a Death Eater, possibly, like, you would think he would have been part of that, like, second tier group of at least, like, watching. Right. You know, like, not feeling the need to run. Not feeling the need to hide. Because they're, like, deep in the woods at this point. So, he ran, and he found the villa, and now he's, like, finding something to pass the time. But he ran first. Yeah. 
And there, there were people, um, because, you know, they talk about, like, the big crowd. There were people who walked out of their tent to see what the commotion was and maybe didn't join in with, like, the Death Eater part. But they stood there and watched. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, you know what I mean? They, they didn't try to stop it. Right. Because that's how the crowd keeps getting larger and larger, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you see, like, the ministry workers are trying to, like, get their way through the crowd and there are people like blocking their path and stuff like that and those people are complicit like totally yeah they're not the ones holding the wands and doing the torture but they're not stopping it running away or trying to help Mm -hmm. the muggle so um stand doesn't fall into either one of those right honestly said hermione um she grabbed and she and harry grabbed ron firmly by the arms wheeled him around and marched him away um they kept walking they were soon in the heart of the wood they seemed alone now everything was much quieter i reckon we can just wait here you know we'll hear anyone coming a mile off said harry um the words were hardly out of his mouth when ludo bagman emerged from behind a tree right ahead of them even by the feeble light of the two wands harry could see that a great change had come over bagman he no longer looked brilliant and rosy faced there was no more spring in his step he looked very white and strained who's that he said what are you doing in here all alone? Um, they looked at each other surprised. Well, there's sort of a riot going on, said Ron. Bagman stared at him. What? At the campsite. Some people have gotten a hold of family, of a family of muggles. Bagman swore loudly. Damn them, he said. And without uh, another word, he, dis- he disapparated. Um, so why does he look so haggard then? Who is he running from? Like I think he was running from debt collectors at that point. Like he was trying to hide from people being like, Oh, who, from whose gold has already disappeared? Or, I don't, I mean, I think he gave the twins leprechaun gold. He gave the, he, went around he gave the goblins leprechaun gold too, but yeah. it didn't, but it hasn't disappeared yet. That's why I was confused. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and then I'm sure, like, he was collecting bets all over the place. There's like 100,000 wizards. Right. There are some people he probably just avoided altogether. Right. Um, so he's just keeping lying low. <laughs> In general, he's a problem. Which is also like a bad plan, because dude, if you're the head of magical games and sports, athletics or whatever, like we know where to find one. Them. You I know, know where you that, and then also like, and also, isn't, why don't you're you not make enough money, right? That, and also like, you're not supposed to be betting. You like run this shit. That is a conflict like, of interest. That is another thing about just like the conflict of interest. He, yeah, he's thing, terrible. Yeah. Um, um. Not exactly on top of things, Mister Bagman is he? Said Hermione. He was a great beater, though, said Ron. The Windborne Wasps won the league three times in a row while he was with them, which is, like, cool, but that's not why he we need him now. That doesn't make him qualify um, for anything. I love that, though, because that is so, again, um, and we gotta, like, hurry up, mm-hmm. but it's so apt to celebrities and, like, how they get away with stuff. You know right. What I mean? Like, oh, but he was Bill Cosby. so funny on that Cosby show. <laughs> You know, it's just like um, not to like put gambling, you know, or Michael Jordan, you mm-hmm. know, but he was Michael Jordan and he like jump man, jump man. Yeah. You know, like, and he might have gambled on his sport. That's not, you know, but that I think that that's a great like piece of writing that's very realistic is like, oh, but he did this one thing really well. So we'll just forgive him for all of the other bullshit yeah yeah um Um, i hope the others are okay said hermione after a while they'll be fine said ron 
Imagine if your dad catches Lucius Malfoy, said Harry. He, he'd always said he'd like to get someone something on him. That wiped the smoke off of old Draco's face, all right, said Ron. Those poor muggles, though, said Hermione. What if they can't get them down? They will, said Ron. They'll find a way. Mad, though, to do something like that when the whole ministry is watching. How do they expect you to get away with it? Do you think they've been drinking? Uh, um, but she broke off and uh, off abruptly looked over her shoulder. Harry and Ron had quickly turned around. It sounded as though something was staggering toward the clearing. But the footsteps came in a sudden halt. Hello, called Ron. Harry got, to, or, or called Harry, sorry. There was silence. Harry got to his feet and peered around the tree. Who's there? And then without warning, the silence was rent by a voice unlike any they'd heard in the wood. It uttered not a panic shout, but what sounded like a spell. Mors Mordra. And something vast and green and glittering erupted from the patches of darkness. Harry's eyes had been struggling to penetrate. What the blank, because you know he said a bad word. Mm. Ron Gasperon. For a split second, Harry thought it was another leprechaun formation. Then he realized it was a colossal skull, comprised of what looked like emerald stars, with a serpent protruding from its mouth like a tongue. Can I, sorry, really quickly, can I just point Mm -hmm. out that Harry's scar does not start hurting in this moment because it's just a spell. And it wasn't cast by Voldemort, and Voldemort's nowhere near. No Horcrux situation. No. Hashtag at Goblet of Fire movie. Um, and we can keep going. Um, as they watch it rose higher and higher, um, etched against the black sky like a new constellation. Suddenly, the wood all around them erupted with screams. He, um, Harry didn't understand why, but the only possible cause was the sudden appearance of the skull, which had now risen high enough to illuminate the entire wood like some grisly neon sign. Who's there, he called again. Harry, come on, move. Hermione had seized the collar of his jacket. What's the matter, said Harry. Give me my wand back, Tom, Right. Said Harry. It's like, take, you see something's happening. Everybody screamed. Right. Run. Just move. <laughs> like, <laughs> answers later. It's the Man. dark mark, Harry. You know who's signed. Voldemort. Harry, come on. Like, <laughs> That's how I always read it. No, Voldemort. literally. We don't have time for this. We don't have time to have a conversation. Let's go. This is that moment. What happens we'll if we don't later. make it in time for to close the time loop? Everything <laughs> dies, Harry. Just keep moving. Just run. What's wrong with run. you? Asking questions. Um, um, Harry turned. Ron was hurriedly. Ron hurriedly scooped up his miniature <laughs> drum, which always makes me laugh because it's like in a fire. What do you grab first? Right. Um, um, the three of them started across the clearing but before they had taken a few hundred steps a series of popping noises announced the arrival of 20 wizards harry whizzed around and in an instant he registered one fact each of the wizards had his wand out and every wand was pointed right at himself ron and hermione and hermione without pausing to think he yelled duck so can i just say one thing um real quick so it's really funny how like harry always likes to take you know when things that aren't like he doesn't understand he always is like, let's take this moment to ask questions. But then when it's like a really quick, like a thing where it's like, I just registered, all these ones are pointed at me. He's like, he's quick on his feet, but like not always in the way that you would hope. And that's- I wrote in my book, Harry's instincts are off. His, like, he got <laughs> instinct. Work. I think it's like, I, yeah, I think off. it's because, I think it's because like with the dark mark, he doesn't know that there's something to be afraid of technically. You know what I mean? So it's, he has instincts mm-hmm. in terms of like, he sees danger right ahead of him, and he's like, all right, let's move. 
versus like something where he's like, I don't know what this is. It seems like it could be dangerous, like considering all the reactions. But now I just have questions. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no questions Which about is... 20 wands pointed at you. You just get down. Yeah. Which is like the... No, Harry's not black. I mean, that's just a peak. Like, it's peak Harry. It's like... It's peak Harry. And yeah. But it's also like... Or he's not... Not even like he's not black. Like he's not from like the hood. <laughs> he ain't from the street. Like we don't... Ask questions. Like I'm, I'm from Anaheim and I'm still like, ask questions later. Yeah. Like... You gotta go. Get away from the the skull. With the the snake coming out of the mouth. Um, Like, bro. Get away from that. And once we put some separation between us and the skull and the snake tongue, then maybe we can... Figure some shit out. Chit-chat about what just went down. Yeah. Um, Um, Stupefy roared 20 voices, which is the first time we've heard Stupefy, so that's cool because it gets used a billion times after this. Um, There was a blinding series of flashes, and Harry felt the hair on his head ripple as though a powerful wind had swept the clearing, raising his hand, his head a fraction of an inch, he saw jets of fiery red light flying over them from the wizard's wands, crossing one another, bouncing off tree chunks, rebounding in the darkness. Stop, yelled a voice he recognized. Stop, that's my son. Uh, Mr. Weasley strides to them, looking terrified. Um, Ron, Harry, so Hermione, are to, you all right? Oh, I go ahead. I wanted to, like, step in here, um, because this is, again shoot first, ask questions later type of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really, considering your current climate, much more, it affected me much more reading it. I mean, um, because... Oh, I was going to say, we. I have something to add to that, like, once we get a little bit further down. Yeah. um, um, But, like, it just, it really, and I mean, again, it's stupefy and not Avada Kedavra, which is like, at least there's some chill there. Right. Well, I mean, that's an unforgivable curse, so, yeah. Yeah. But also, but I mean, like, they're not, I mean, stupefy hurts, but they're not trying to, like, yeah, they're just trying to, like, immobilize, immobilize them, I guess. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It kind of, like, it's like the taser or bullets type of thing. It's still exactly. And it's 20 stunning like, stuff. Like yeah, you saw what happened to McGonagall and she got hit by five. And so that's, yeah, it would have yeah. been a problem. Um, and so real quick, McGonagall like kept walking like a G cause she's yeah. Boom. A, yeah. She's the best. Um, so um, I just so, want to like, just to go off of that, I'm going to keep reading to the end of the page, but then I have something to go with that. Um, out of the way, Ar- Arthur. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> It was Mr. Crouch. He and the other Ministry Wizards were closing in on them. Harry got to his feast to face them. Mr. Crouch's face was hot with rage. Which of you did it? Which of you conjured the dark mark? We didn't do that. We didn't do anything, said Ron. What do you? What did you attack us for? Do not lie, sir, shouted Mr. Crouch, his wand st- still pointing directly at Ron and his eyes popping. You have been discovered at the scene of the crime. Okay. Bar- so that was, that was the part. Um, okay. So... So just like going back to the stunning and then him now like attacking them, it's very much like they're so afraid that they immediately go back to the time when Voldemort was at large and the way that things were ran then. And Barty Crouch was the person who ran things in. He was the head of the magical Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Um, and he very much acted on of like, you're guilty until proven innocent. And like, you're, you're, you're at the scene of the crime. You did it. Like not, no like real deductions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like very much just like this is what happened and now we're all going to Azkaban. Let's do it. No trial, no nothing. Like nothing, this is yeah. what it is um, because of all the fear. And so it's, it's just interesting to kind of see 
the way that the ministry reacts and changes once there's like real danger. Um, yeah, and, like, and fear also, involved. Um, I want to say the way that Barty Crouch reacts. And right, and that's and that's why I'm saying like it's very important that the you get all these wizards who like show up and stupefy before like investigating, mm-hmm. but then you see who's with them and who's in charge and who's like leading this. So then that's yeah. yeah. So Barty whispered a witch in a long woolen dressing gown who in my head is Madame Bones. <laughs> um Amelia Bones. They're kids, Barty. They could they'd never have been able to and it's it's Amelia Bones, right? Girl. <laughs> um But yeah, you were right. Sorry. Um it's it's Amelia Bones in when he gets pulled in uh the uh or the, Phoenix when yeah when he's in he his trial into the full thing for mm-hmm. the uh, the wisdom gamut Patronus. yeah who's yes. like wait a second you get like who actually asks questions yeah um and that's why in my head she's the one being like all right but logically because okay. I you know this they're they're kids um mm-hmm. they wouldn't even know and like the ages of them like they wouldn't really know the significance of the dark murder. Right. They wouldn't know what it looked like. They, You know what I mean? Like, they would have Like, never... even Ron didn't really... Yeah. Like, Hermione knew because she read about it. She read about it, yeah. But... She wouldn't be able to, like, conjure it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, like, right. in any books or anything, there's, like, this And I don't think spell, anyone knows what know? the spell is. Like, only Death yeah, Eaters would know that spell. It's a Death Eater thing. So... Where did the mark come from, you three, said Mr. Weasley quickly. Over there, said Hermione, shakily. And this is another part of that, is like, when you come at kids, or when you come at anyone, wands up, wands blazing, Mm -hmm. like, that is traumatizing in and of itself. And then you kind of set it, set your, set the whole investigation backwards, because they're, they're freaked out, you know what I mean? Um, And you see this all the time, it's like, oh, so-and-so lied, or they were ch- they changed their story, or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, y'all came at me with your guns out, right. and I was a little flustered. Like, you know what I mean? Once I was able to calm down, I could, like, think rationally mm-hmm. again, but I'm still scared, you know what I mean? And this is also one of those things where they don't trust the ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to, like, stick with them to or with Harry especially like after this book and the throughout next like I'm not going to the ministry I'm not telling them everything because I don't trust them I don't trust them yeah right um so Hermione Shakley says there was someone behind the trees they shouted words and incantation oh stood over there did they said Mr. Crouch turning his popping eyes at Hermione now disbelief etched all over his face said an incantation did they you seem very well informed about how that Marcus summoned Mr. Bro, it's a, he said a, literally all she did was, they were standing over there, they said a spell. Oh, so you must know what it is. Like, boy, if you like, don't I get. I recognize Latin when I hear it. Right. He said something, and then some magic shit happened. So, so bam, that's what happened. It's like the proper word. Like, girl. Um, so, but none of the Ministry Wizards, apart from Mr. Crouch, seemed to think remotely it was likely to be Harry, Ron, or Hermione. On the contrary, at Hermione's words, they had all raised their wands and pointed in the direction she indicated. Um, we're too late, the witch said. They'll have disapparated. I don't think so, um, said the, a wizard with a scrubby brown beard. It was Amos Diggory, who, 
is like battling it out with, with Barty Crouch in the next 15 minutes or 15 pages of being a hot ass mess. Like of just having <laughs> no, like it was really hard to figure out who to bench um, yeah. for me. And yeah, we'll just keep going. Um, but our, I also like though, um, I mean, he is a ministry worker, but he works not in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Or, he's not working the Quidditch World Cup. Right. right? So like you see like Arthur, he, um, yeah. the ish goes down and he jumps to like do you know right um, to help out to help out so give him i give him some props for that like right. not on tv i mean yeah um, um our stunners went right through those trees there's a good chance we got him a must be careful um and so he like marches into the uh across the clearing and into the woods a few seconds later um they hear him shout yes we got them there's someone here unconscious it's but blimey um and then he comes out with Winky. Bum, bum, bum. So um, Mr. Crouch didn't move or speak as Mr. Derry deposit, deposited his house, house elf on the ground at his feet. This cannot be, he said jerkily. No. He moved quickly around Mr. Derry and showed off toward the place where th- he had found Rinky, Winky. No point, Mr. Crouch. Mr. Derry called after him. There's no one else there. But Mr. Crouch did not seem prepared to take his, want, his word for it. They could hear him moving around... Uh, and the rustling of leaves as he pushed the bushes aside, searching. Um, real quick, this is just an aha moment. He's looking to make sure uh, Barty Crouch Jr. is there. And yeah. he is. He's just invisible. Yeah. Bit embarrassing, Barty Crouch's house elf. I mean, yeah, Mr. Um, come off it, Amos. You don't seriously think it was the elf. The dark marks a wizard sign. It requires a wand. Yeah, she had a wand. What? Said Mr. Weasley. Here, look. Had it in her hand. I see. So that clause three of the code of Wandy's broken for a start. No non-human creature is permitted to carry or use a wand, which um, is problematic. I'm, AF. I decided. I was like, mark that for later. We got. We got. Um. There's a. There's a bonus episode in our little schedule. We don't talk about it. Right. Um. Because that's really important and. But problematic AF. AF. So then there was another pop and Ludo Bagman operated right next to Mr. Weasley looking breathless and disoriented. He spun on the spot, goggling upward at the Emerald Green Skull. The Dark Mark. Who did it? Did you get them? Barty. What's going on? Pete. Bruh. Just, dude. You late. <laughs> like, just leave. <laughs> just leave. We don't need you. We don't. You're like, at this point, you. we do not need your services. You, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, Where have you been, Barty? said Bagman. Why weren't you at the match? Your elf was saving you a seat, too. Gulping gargoyles. What happened to her? Girl. Like, <laughs> sir. Bye. Like, all these people um, are just a hot mess in this yes. in this chapter. Um, I've, I've been busy, yeah. Ludo, and my elf has been stunned. Stunned? By you lot, you mean, but why? Comprehension dawned suddenly on Bagman's round, shiny face as he looked up. No. Winky conjure the dark mark. She wouldn't know how. She'd need a wand for a start, and she had one. I found her holding one, Ludo. If it's all right with you, Mister Crouch, I think we should hear what she's got to say for herself. He waved his own wand, pointed it to Winky, and said, "Renervate," which is like the first and maybe only time we hear that spell. Yeah, because people get stupefied, but it's usually because it's stun folk and keep on moving. <laughs> But that's because right. it's usually in a duel. So it's like, it's because it's a duel or like a battle. It's not like, oh, we stunned you to incapacitate you and then we're going to like, you know, arrest yeah. you and then ask questions. It's just like, I got to stun you. Got to keep moving. 
keep it moving. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is really so, funny, though. Winky stirred feebly. Her great, great brown eyes opened, and she blinked several times in a bemused sort of way. She raised herself shakily into a sitting position. She caught sight of Mr. Diggory's face and slowly, tremulously raised her eyes to stare up into his face. Then, more slowly still, she looked up into the sky. She gave a gasp, looked wildly, wildly around the crowd clearing, and burst into terrified sobs. Elf, said Mr. Diggory sternly. Like, three people have already called her Winky. Right. You know her name. You know her name. Do you know who I am? I'm a member of the Department of Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. And Winky began to rock backward and forward on the ground, her breath coming in sharp bursts. Terror was reminded forcibly of Dobby in his moments of terrified disobedience. As you see, Elf, um, the dark mark was conjured here a short while ago, and you were discovered moments later right beneath it. An explanation, if you please. I is not doing it, sir. I is not knowing how, sir. You were found with a wand in your hand, um, Mr. Diggory said, brandishing it in front of her. And as the wand caught the green light that was filling the clearing from the skull above, Harry recognized it. Hey, can I, that's mine. Can I read this? Said. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really funny. Okay. Um, everyone in the clearing looked at him. Excuse me, said Mr. D- Diggory incredulously. That's my wand, said Harry. I dropped it. You dropped it, repeated Mr. Diggory in, mis- in disbelief. Is this a confession? You threw it aside after you conjured the mark? Amos, think of who you're talking to, said Mr. Weasley very angrily. Is Harry Potter likely to conjure the dark mark? Like, Amos just had to, needed to, like, take a moment. Like, right. he was just going full steam ahead, like, aha! But the other like, part dude. of that is that if you can make that leap that he someone would conjure it and then drop the wand mm-hmm. then why all of a sudden is it like oh well winky obviously you it was in your hand you did it i mean that and then like, it's like that but then also like the fact that he then immediately goes and accuses harry potter like clearly he should not be doing this interrogation right get somebody else like but also you should all take a moment take a breath just take a breath survey the scene Think lot like there's a reason why like on Luther and other cop shows like there's an arrest, then they go back to a place, and then they interrogate mm-hmm. because you want to not react off Just, the top of the dome. Exactly, He's like tripping. none of that makes sense, Amos. <laughs> like it's like chill. It's like everybody else now. Everybody's looking at him like, bro. Yeah, come on. Harry Potter conjured the dark mark. Really. Give us some more okay. hard-hitting facts. Come on. He's over here with Hotep Ernie. Um, right. Of course not, said Mr. Diggory. Sorry, carried away. I didn't drop yeah. it there anyway, said Harry. I missed it right after we got into the wood. Or did you? Um, so, said Mr. Diggory, you found this wand, eh, elf? And you picked it up and thought you'd have some fun with it, did you? I is not doing magic with it, sir. I is, I is just picking it up, sir. I is not making the dark mark, sir. I is not knowing how. Um, it wasn't her, said Hermione. Wait. She looked very nervous. Oh, I just want to say really quickly, Sorry. her, like, hesitation, in addition to her just kind of being, like, really, like, freaked out and kind of, like, hyperventilating, mm-hmm. she's also still lying for Crouch in this moment because she yeah. didn't pick it up. Um, but she's trying to cover, she's trying to, like, do her job while also, like, being terrified because she already, like, fucked up and didn't it. listen. But um, again... It's not her fault. Like, why is Winky in charge of Barty Crouch Jr.? Right. That is a. Why is he there? Right. I mean, we know why he's there, but come on. 
Like, it's a lot of a lot of it's really all like Crouch Senior's fault. Like it's like all not. Of this is. It's just, like none of this is Winky's fault at all. None of like remember way back when, not a good plan. Yeah. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Pull it out of retirement. Freddy <laughs> Crouch Senior. Not a good plan. Not a good plan. Um. So yeah. So. It wasn't her, said Hermione. Winky's got a squeaky little voice, and the voice we heard doing the incantation was much deeper. It didn't sound anything like Winky did it, she said, appealing to Harry and Ron for their support. No, it was definitely, it definitely didn't sound like an elf. Yeah, it was a human voice, said Ron. Well, we'll soon see, growled Mr. Diggory. There's a simple way of discovering the last spell a wand performed, elf. Did you know that? Winky trembled and shook her head frantically, her ears flapping, as Mr. Diggory raised his own wand again and placed it tip to tip with Harry's. Prior incantatum. Aha! Right, um, that, and then also, I just want to say, it's like super ironic, right, that Barty Crouch Jr. took Harry's wand to do the Voldemort spell, and then, in order to figure out what did that spell, they did the one that, like, is the one that connects Harry and Voldemort's wands. This is just, it's yeah. cute. Okay, we can keep going. Um, but, again, if she just picked up the wand, right. that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean... You, you can it. tell what the spell was, you can't tell who used it. So that's not helpful. Um, he, you know, he went to house. Hogwarts, though, so we can't really... Right, they just are not <laughs> well-educated. Yeah, just... Um, just logic, they don't take logic. No. They don't take... Mm-mm. Yeah, Okay. Harry heard Hermione (laughs) gasp, horrified as a gigantic serpent tongue erupted from the point of the two wands met, but it was a mere shadow of the green spell high above them. It looked as though it was the ghost of a spell, which is like an awesome band name or book title Mm -hmm. or something, but it's just great wordplay there. Deletrius. Which is not, not the best. Not their best. Which is not Latin. Is it? I don't know. What I just said, it? I said it's not, not oh. her best. <laughs> oh. Demetrius. Yeah. Like, you know, usually I'm like, ooh, another spell. That one I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. You just added an eus. Yeah. Yeah. So, said Mr. Diggory with a kind of savage triumph looking down at Winky. He was still shaking. I is not doing it. I is not. I is not. I is not knowing how. I is a good elf. I isn't using wands. I isn't knowing how. Ugh. So, you've, you've been, been caught oh. red-handed, Elf, Mr. Diggory Ward. Caught with the guilty wand in your hand. Amos, Mr. Weasley, la- Mr. Weasley said Mr. Weasley loudly. Think about it. Precious few wizards know how to do that spell. Where should, would she have learned it? Perhaps Amos is suggesting I routinely teach my servants to conjure the dark mark. Amos Diggory looked horrified. Mr. Crouch, not, not at all. You have now come very close to accusing two people in this clearing who are least likely to conjure that mark, barked Mr. Couch. Harry Potter and myself. I suppose you are familiar with the boy's story, Amos. Of, of course, everyone knows that Mr. Diggory looking highly discomforted. And I trust you remember how many proofs I have given over, the, over a long career that I despise and detest the dark arts and those who practice them. So real quick, he's really like... It's so interesting, like, he's really, like, kind of manipulative, and it's interesting to see yeah. him lie while telling the truth. Like, he has all of these things working for him to make it seem like he would be telling the truth, but he's lying. 
Like, I mean, well, he's not, he's really, I mean, he's not lying, is the thing. Like, it's weird. He's, he's like, he's not lying, but he knows what actually happened, and he's, like, covering for he's himself frozen. and for, like, his son. Um, and for Winky, kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. So you, you froze there, and I hope that it got it, but that, my internet is being really weird right now. Of I course. Like, okay. I was like, please don't cut out so yeah he's lying by a min of omission mm-hmm. um and he's also using and and this was a part of his plan the whole time it's like using his reputation as being upstanding um to do something completely not upstanding mm-hmm. you know and hoping that he wouldn't get caught or he'd get away with it be- just because he has the prestige and the power to like kind of boss people around and and yeah. So, precisely, Amos said, Mr. Weasley, she might have picked it up anywhere. Winky, where exactly did you find Perry's wand? I, I was finding, finding it there, sir. She whispered, there in the trees. You see, Amos, whoever conjured the mark could have disapparated right after they'd done it, leaving Harry's wand behind. A clever thing to do, not using their own wand, which could have betrayed them. And Winky here had the misfortune to come across the wand moments later and pick it up. But then she'd only been a few feet away from the real culprit. Elf, did you see anyone? Winky began to tremble worse than ever, her giant eyes flickering from Mr. Diggory to Luda Bagman and onto Mr. Crouch. Then she gulped and said, I I have seen no one. Um, so, really quickly, can I just, there's like two things, or three yeah. things. One, she's following orders. Two, she's trembling. So that's, I feel like, what's interesting is that like, I don't think that Winky, like she doesn't want to not keep very secret um mm-hmm. but it's still she's still magically compelled to protect him you know what i mean she's not defiant or like um like resistant like dobby is but it doesn't mean that the magic doesn't work on her um and the other thing is that it's interesting that she looks at ludo and i think that's supposed yeah. to be like a, a um it's supposed to be a clue but like a misleading one because we find out later that Ludo um, was, like, accused of being a Death Eater once or, like, aiding a Death Eater, even though, like, he actually was cleared. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. It's like a fake clue. Yeah. But I also wanted to say, though, that, like, the other thing about Winky's torment in this moment is that she doesn't like lying in general. And because she is a good house elf, sir, she tells the truth to humans. Um, and usually she has no, like, she believes herself to be lower than wizard. So if a wizard asks her a direct question, lying, it makes her uncomfortable. But because she's compelled by magic to follow Mr. Crouch's orders, Mm -hmm. she's being pulled in two different ways. Like her, um, instincts is like to always tell the truth to a wizard, like, and answer their questions truthfully and answer them right away. But then she's also always supposed to obey her master right it's like they war against each other at this point um i also think that it is i mean let's just get to it crouch says um you may rest assured she will be punished the master the master please winky stammered crouch stared back his face sharpened each line upon it more deeply etched there was no pity in his gaze 
Winky has behaved tonight in a manner I would not have believed possible. I told her to remain in the tent. I told her to stay there while I went to sort out the trouble. And I find that she disobeyed me. This means close. No, no, master. Nope, not close. Not close. Harry knew that it was the only way to turn a, to turn a house out for you was to present it with proper garments. It was pitiful to see the way Winky clutched at her tea towel as she sobbed over Mr. Krause's feet. But she was frightened. Your house, your elf scared of heights, and those wizards in the mask were levitating people. You can't blame her for wanting to get out of their way. I have a house. I have no use for a house elf who disobeys me. He said coldly. I have no use for a servant who forgets what is due to her master and to her master's reputation. Winky's crying so hard. And there is a very nasty silence, which ended by Mr. Weasley, who said quietly, Well, I think I'll take my lot back to the tent if no one has any objections. Amos, that wants told us all it can. If Harry can have it back, please. Come, you three, he said quietly. But Hermione didn't seem to want to move. Her eyes were still upon the sobbing elf. Hermione, Mr. Weasley said more urgently. She turned and followed Harry and ran out of the clearing and off through the trees. This is like... I, this is some otherworldly, like, this is some heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. Even though, and let's, like, get this out of the way, right? Freedom should be a good thing. Mm -hmm. You should be excited to be free. It doesn't mean that in Winky's condition, she is excited to be free, or that she's equipped to be free. It's also very, like, you you can't just abandon someone. Right. Like, basically what he has done is just left her with, out in the cold, friendless, and alone with no resources and no way to, like, take care of herself mm-hmm. and no tools to do that because she followed his orders. Right. And, like, the not staying in the tent thing, like, I told her to stay in the tent was what was actually what you told her was to stay with Barty Crouch Jr., and to think that little tiny Winky could keep Barty Crouch Jr. from going where he wanted to go. I mean, maybe with magic, but she also grew up with Barty Crouch Jr. So, like, horror loyalties are, like, all messed up. Yeah. It's just There's not, just a lot. It's just a, not a good plan. And then you mm-hmm. blame the person for doing her best. Right. It's and a lot you happening. you yourself vulnerable, actually, because when you free her, she could she, like... Let what? me tell you about this Barty crowd. Exactly. Because you know that she's actually a good elf and she wouldn't do that. So it's manipulative. It's And it's like, you know, it's for his own image because he doesn't want people to be talking about like, oh, the elf was in the scene of the crime. It's like, oh, he... But they're still going to be talking about they're it. They're still going to be talking about it, but then they'll talk about him in a, bear, in a different light because he like freed her or let her go. Fired yeah, her, right basically. Um, and yeah. like, oh, so that keeps up with his image while he's still like, he Fuck holds no nonsense. He even put his he put his own son in jail, and he fired his house elf, mm-hmm. or he freed his house elf when she did something wrong. Exactly. You know? But um, there is also this: no one's talking about like why is he the common denominator between these like people in the dark mark? Like, exactly. You can um, be extreme in another way and drive people to extremism yeah. by your extremism. You know, like by saying all Muslims are bad you can then break a Muslim into becoming the terrorist that you claim him to be because he thinks, mm-hmm. well, if I'm going to be called terrorist anyway. So we were talking about our happy place, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to Winky, said Hermione. 
Um, I don't know, said Mr. Weasley. The way they were treating her, Mr. Diggory calling her elf all the time, and Mr. Crouch, he knows she didn't do it, and he's still going to sack her. He didn't care how frightened she'd been or how, how upset she was. It was like she wasn't even human. Well, she's not, said Ron. Hermione, which is like, doesn't help and is like super, like, just insensitive. Um, Hermione rounded on him. That doesn't mean she hasn't got feelings, Ron. It's disgusting the way. Hermione, I agree with you, said Mr. Weasley quickly. But now is not the time to discuss how to discuss elf rights. I want to get back to the tent as fast as we can. What happened to the others? We lost them in the dark, said Ron. Dad, why was everyone so uptight about that skull thing? I'll explain everything back in the tent. Um, they reached the edge of the wood. Um, there's a large crowd. They saw Mr. Weasley coming towards them. What's going on in there? Who conjured it? Arthur, it's not him. Of course it's not him. We don't know who it was. It looks like they disapparated. Now, excuse me, please. I want to get to bed. Um, so there's just a lot of things happening right now because we're still in the middle. Like, there's like this thing about that Hermione's on about the elf rights and she's not wrong. But then we're also still in this middle of like all of this terror and Chaos fear about about Voldemort and like, is he back? What's going on? Um, so yeah, so it's just like a, I don't know. I really like this chapter and this scene because it just kind of puts... And it sucks because it doesn't totally get carried through, as we already mentioned, like, through the rest of the series. But in terms of just the chapter on its own, it has a lot of, like, really, it has a lot of nuance and a lot of, like, complicated things um, that are, like, starting. Which only and... makes you kind of upset when you realize that she doesn't follow it. No, exactly. Um, so but I agree with you. Like, every, like, all of this stuff that we're talking about is very... It's just, it's a really great chapter, and it's laid out really well, and it also shows you how, like, I think the thing, too, with the elf right thing is, like, and kind of with Ron being, like, well, she's not human, it's, like, in the midst of this human tragedy, right, it kind of shows you how people prioritize mm -hmm. themselves, too, like, I agree with you, but now's not the time, is how house elves have become so embedded in society. It's how right. slavery got embedded into the Constitution. Like I, there were people at the time being like, I, "No, we shouldn't. We like this is it's not sustainable. It's not right. Blah blah blah." But it was more convenient. It's right for convenience, and also, and like, it's the idea that like you can only focus on one issue at a, one time, at a time versus yeah. like or one injustice at a time exactly. One, you know, versus like you know using multiple parts of your brain, <laughs> or <laughs> you know. Building a team of people yeah. who can, one, focus on that, and you focus on that, mm -hmm. and you do it all at the do same time. Together. The world doesn't stop. Yeah. Because a dark mark was conjured. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, there are still problems with elf rights. There are still people in Azkaban being tortured. There's still huge problems with the wizarding justice system. And the education system. And the education system. God damn. We got people over here. Um, who got so no they get back to the tent. Um, Charlie's head was poking out of the boy's tent. Dad, yeah, what's going was. on? Okay. Um, Dad, what's going on? He called through the dark. Fred, George, and Jenny got back okay, but the others. I've got them here, said Mr. Weasley. Um, so Bill was sitting at the small kitchen table holding a bed sheet around his arm, which was ble bleeding profusely. Charlie had a large rip in his shirt, and Percy was sporting a bloody nose. Fred, George, and Jenny looked unhurt, though shaken. Did you get them, Dad? The person who conjured the mark. No, said Mr. Weasley. We found Barty Crouch's elf holding Harry's wand, but we're not. But we're none the wiser about who actually conjured the mark. What? Said Bill, Charlie, and Percy together. Harry's wand, said Fred. Mr. Crouch's elf, said Percy, sounding thunderstruck. <laughs> it's like, oh, Percy, with his it gets pedestals. Good. I know. 
Um, with some assistance from Harry, Ron, and Hermione, Mr. Weasley explained what happened in the woods. Percy swelled indignantly when they finished. Well, Mr. Crouch was quite right to get rid of a house elf like that, he said, running, about, running away when he'd expressly told her not to, embarrassing him in front of the whole ministry. How would that have looked if she'd have been brought up in front of the Department for the Regulation and Control? She didn't do anything. She was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, Hermione snapped at Percy, who looked very taken aback. Hermione had always got on fairly well with Percy, better indeed than any of the others. Um, which is like, yeah, but she's also not about letting injustice slide. So she's like, I'm still going to call you out. I don't care if we're friends. Yeah, like we Fuck can that. be friends. <laughs> and I think that that's something like I always strive for. And it's weird when you find yourself in those positions where it's like, oh, well, you called me out. I'm like, yeah, I still love you. That's why I called you out. Exactly. Like, you needed to be told about yourself, Percy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hermione, a wizard and Mr. Krauss, Crouch's position can't afford a house elf who's going to run amok with a wand, said Percy, pompously recovering himself. I think this is one of the foreshadowings of position over right and wrong mm-hmm. for Percy that he needs to reconcile himself to when he does a little bit late. Um, she didn't run amok. She picked it off the gr- up off the ground. Look, can someone please just explain that, <laughs> what that skull thing was? It wasn't hurting anyone. What's the big deal, said Ron impatiently. I told you, it's you-know-who's symbol, Ron. I read about it in The Rise and Fall of the Dark Arts. It hasn't been seen for 13 years, said Mr. Weasley. Of course people panicked. It's almost like seeing you-know-who back again. I don't get it. I mean, it's still only a shape in the sky. Ron, you-know-who and his followers sent the dark mark into the air whenever they killed. The terror it inspired. You have no idea. You're too young. Just picture coming home and finding the dark mark hovering over your house and knowing what you're about to find inside. Everyone's first worst fear, the very worst. And I think this is really important because, I mean, this book and the series is like wrought with like allusions to Nazism and mm-hmm. totalitarianism. And as black Americans, we see a lot of, you know, racial justice issues come up in this as well. But that, is something that spans a lot of, like, human injustice or human rights abuses and stuff. And, like, and terrorism really is, like, these markers. So it's not just the act of killing, but then it's that marker that, like, you've been kind of warned or found out or whatever. Like, it's not just the the thing, but in, it just instills the terror of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and these symbols and these like coded, this coded language and all of this stuff, it's like, it's very much, it leaves a, it leaves a deeper scar and it leaves this long lasting effect on people that they don't get over easily. And so we haven't seen Voldemort in 13 years and people have gotten pretty comfortable, but the mere like scene of these people in these masks and then the dark mark coming it brings all of that back and like you said like they haven't actually they never really dealt with Voldemort they swept it under the rug like mm-hmm. oh he's gone like let's not talk about it um you know chin up what is it keep calm carry on type mm-hmm. of thing but they never reckoned with the terror that was instilled for that amount of time of his reign and the fact that people know he's not really dead like no one really believes that he's dead and right. gone forever so it's just like opening reopening a wound you know what i mean and it just bleeds just as quickly and i think that that is 
so apt to a lot of different things that we see um, in our real current world, how quickly those things can come back. Right. Hence swastikas and KKK members and stuff like that. Happy place. Um, Happy place. Um, <laughs> Bill removed the sheet from his arm to check his cut and said, um, well, it didn't help us tonight, whoever conjured it. It scared, it scared the Death Eaters away the moment they saw it. They all disapparated before we got near enough to unmask any of them. We caught the Robertses before they hit the ground, though. They're having their memories modified right now, which is like, yo. Especially Mr. Roberts. The number of times he's already had his memory wiped and modified. Wiped, yeah. Like, he's... It's a wrap well, on him. I also think that this is another problem with the statute of secrecy when it comes to Voldemort um, and his ideology. It's like, they don't have... Do you then take away their memory and like their ability to defend themselves and to know what's out there against them so you have muggles walking around in danger without knowing being they're aware that they're in danger mm-hmm. you know and it's like but that's complicated yeah, because there's a reason that the wizards and witches are in hiding mm-hmm. and so like if you tell them and they're gonna be like well then all it's like it's a cycle, because then, who yeah. knows, maybe then they'll think all witches and wizards are like Voldemort, and then, then they're going after the witches and wizards, and it's Voldemort's fault, but then it also kind of proves his point, and then it gets in a weird, it's complicated. Um, um, I, but I do, I do get what you're saying, like, it is I was about to problematic say not all to, witches. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, um, hashtag not all muggles, all, all of that, all of that. Yeah. That's why I kind of love, like... I feel like the allegory doesn't fully fit because, and like we talked about this with Chamber of Secrets, like the whole point is that the whole reason this like anti-muggle thing came out is because muggles were like murdering witches and wizards. Like it's all, it's like, yeah. And there are more muggles than there are witches and wizards. And so like, while there's this faction that like is out to murder them, it's like, if there was a real like battle, the muggles would win. So, mo- like, where, most of the reason why they're in hiding is for their own safety and not for muggle safety. Except yeah, for, like, that, smaller, and, more, like, focused situations. And I think situations. that's where all of these things kind of get muddled. And, mm-hmm. like, I, this is one of the things why I would, like, hate to be in government of any kind, really. Because you do have to make those, cal- like, they seem cold, right? These cold calculations of numbers mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like, the number of muggles endangered by the Death Eaters as opposed to the number of witches and wizards endangered by all of Muggle kind. It's, you know what I mean? And right. Like, you have to weigh those those numbers, those odds, and it's like, sorry, Robert's family. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But, like, um, that's the only thing that you can really do at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, let's yeah. go, um, we are... Yeah, man. Death Eaters, said Harry, what are Death Eaters? It's what you-know-whose supporters called themselves. I think we saw what's left of them tonight, the ones who managed to keep themselves out of Azkaban anyway. Just want to point out, this is the first time we hear about Death Eaters, and, like, that's what they're called instead yeah. of just you-know-whose supporters. Um, so she finally figured out a name. Um, we can't prove it was them, Bill, said Mr. Weasley, though it probably was. Yeah, I bet it was, said Ron. Dad, we met Draco Malfoy in the woods, and he as good as told us his dad was one of those nutters in masks, and we all know the Malfoys were right in with you-know-who. But what are Voldemort's supporters? Harry began. Um, then he apologizes because the Weasleys and Hermione all flinch because, you know, I still will never get why Hermione flinches, but sure. Right, you know. <laughs> um, what were you know whose supporters up to? Levitating muggles. I mean, what was the point? The point, said Mr. Weasley. Harry, that's their idea of fun. 
Half the muggle killings back in you know when you know who was in power was done for fun. I suppose they had a few drinks tonight and couldn't resist reminding us that lots of them are still at large. A nice little reunion for them. But if they were the Death Eaters, why did they disapparate when they saw the dark mark? Use your brains, Ron, said Bill, which is such a brotherly thing to say. It's like, bro, stop being a dumbass. Um, If you were really, if they were really Death Eaters, they worked very hard to keep out out of Azkaban when you know who lost power and told all sorts of lies about him forcing them to kill and torture people. I bet they'd be even more frightened than the rest of us to see him come back. They denied they'd ever been involved with him when he lost his powers and went back to their daily lives. I don't reckon he'd be overpleased with them, do you? So whoever and this con- is one oh. of those moments, mm-hmm. sorry, where you have to remember that Bill was head boy and Bill is right. I mean, despite his job choice, he's very smart, right? Um, because that is very like and in like he he was old enough to really like live through and under and reckon and understand what was happening. I mean, he was young, but he wasn't. So young, right? He wasn't um, Ron. He wasn't Ron's age. Right? Ron he was, was like one. Ron was born at the end of it, mm-hmm. and then Jenny is a Voldemort baby who was born after he was gone. But Bill, being the oldest, is probably like Harry or Ron's age, I would think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like he was born throughout kind of Voldemort's first reign of terror, mm-hmm. and then was probably Harry or Ron's age when he was defeated well not here they're 14 so maybe not that old i don't think he's 14 years older than jenny okay maybe he was like 10 or 11 yeah but he was old enough to really like understand what was happening yeah and then has had time to really like internalize and think through that entire thing right so Mm -hmm. even at 10 or 11 like maybe he didn't get the weight of it, but he knew like there was scary stuff going on mm-hmm. and things were serious. Exactly. And then he saw like the celebration after Voldemort disappeared. And then he had time to like think that through and you know, and he's in Hogwarts and stuff while people are talking about it in the aftermath of like, okay, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Well we would hope. <laughs> you never know. Right. You never know at Hogwarts. There would be some sort of like reckoning of this is what was going down and this is why some people's parents are in Azkaban now and right. dead and there was a war and you know what I mean? So um so whoever um, conjured the dark marks at Hermione, were they doing it for to show support for the death eaters or to scare them away? Your guess is as good as ours, Hermione, but I'll tell you this. It was only the Death Eaters who ever knew how to conjure it. I'd be very surprised if the person who did it hadn't been a Death Eater once, even if they're not now. Um, listen, it's very late, and if your mother hears what happens, she'll be worried sick. We, we'll get a few more hours sleep and then try to get an early port key out of here. Um, so Harry went back to his bunk, um, his head buzzing. Three days ago, it felt much longer, but it had only been three days. Man, it feels hella longer than three days, right. just for us, too. It's been nine chapters. I mean, for us, it's been, like, three months. Um, but still, <laughs> like, damn. Um... He had awoken with his scar burning, and tonight, for the first time in 13 years, Lord Voldemort's mark had appeared in the sky. What did these things mean? He thought of the letter he had written to Sirius before leaving Privet Drive. Would Sirius have gotten it yet? When would he reply? Harry lay looking up at the canvas, but no flying fantasies came to him now to ease him to sleep, and it was a long time after Charlie's snores filled the tent that Harry finally dozed off. 
I bet you Charlie yeah. snores in like that really sweet melodic way that's like mm. soft and gentle. Okay. Like the. I. Okay. That's how Zelda snores. It's like cute, but not disturbing. Anyway, um. <laughs> All right. <laughs> who is your? Well, one thing I want to say. That Harry, when he looks back at like it's only been three days, and that's like true. It's like. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's only been three days, nine chapters. Um, he still doesn't remember. Like, that doesn't jog in his memory that, like, he woke up with a scar hurting, right? But it doesn't mm-hmm. jog in his memory that dream slash Right, exactly. That's gone. Which is like, like, you don't, which I guess, yeah, maybe because it's a dream, he doesn't. But I'm like, you know, they told you everything. <laughs> you know there's a plan. You know Voldemort got a secret yeah. servant. You but know I was really shit. hoping that in that little pop, in that little section where he's like reliving all the stuff, like you know, he re- what he remembers is he woke up with a scar hurting, meaning that like he dreamt something about Voldemort, right? Like, and then, yeah, and even at, even in that moment, he was like remembering, but he wasn't. Yeah. So I was yeah. just hoping that that would be like a jog in his memory. Yeah, like, I got it, and then we wouldn't have to go through the next. You know, thirty, 30 chapters. chapters exactly, but you know, it's not a Ravenclaw plot. Where's my and, wonton? Yeah, lots of things. things. I kind of want to bench Harry now, just for, <laughs> <laughs> just for not for getting Harry. Um, God. Yeah, so who was your MVP? Um, I said Hermione um, because of a lot of reasons, but I think like the main one is, I mean, you know, we see it break down in later chapters, but just like the way that she kind of stands up for Winky and is like standing up for injustice just in general, um, mm-hmm. regardless of like whether it's about her or not and just like really being about fighting like society like kind of like really recognizing that the place that she's in is not um perfect and it's not just like a great magical place like they have real societal issues um and wanting to fix those and we later see how it breaks down but prior to that I just want to like shout her out I don't even think it's her fault that no it so you know whatever um um I would say too though that in my I don't know which number reread this is, but it was post movies, post it was post Tumblr, mm-hmm. um, and I started to see race bit Hermione. Mm-hmm. That when I read this chapter, that's when I was like, she really is coded as a person of color. Oh yeah, like it was like there are a lot of markers, and like it made me feel sad for myself that I didn't read her that way in the beginning, but then I started to read her as black Hermione, um, which again, just shout out to Tumblr and the fandom for like giving me that. And I'm forever grateful for that. But there, there is something about her reactions to this. Um, that I, I, I don't know. I think that this is like, it really stood out to me as like, her being written and kind of coded that way mm-hmm. um, than other than we've seen before, and, and it's even it, just like the language she uses, and she's like, you know, yeah. she 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 calls out Ron, but she also calls out society, and she call you know mm-hmm. she calls out these like structures, um, and she's seeing these things, and part of it is her kind of as an outsider, um, yeah. but also with someone who's very much inside of it and who has to like deal with these as we see, like in a like she's worried about Winky, but she's still in like very real danger. Um, yeah. and it also in this takes, situation. Like, it takes it out I was talking to um, someone Kate Cormer at Kate Cormer she's a great actress guys you should check out check her out 
but she, we were talking and I was, you know, just talking about how you, you see the, the solidarity, um, it's a fragile solidarity, let's be honest, you know, there's mm-hmm. still anti-blackness in a lot of, like, circles of people of color, and mm-hmm. there's anti-other thing. you know, like, it's fragile, but you see this solidarity more with people of color, um, being, like, like, just thinking about, like, the whitewashing of Asian, uh, roles recently, and, like, how that, and, like, Madam Asian, like, how upset we were about that, even though it wasn't offensive to our identity, just because it's, like, you can honestly and very easily see those injustices, Mm -hmm. um, because you recognize and you know injustices of your own, and so I think that this is also one of those things where it's, like, Harry is an other, but he's not... He's all, he's all special Dobby. and chosen one. He got a lot yeah. of... It's a he's different kind Dobby of... He's seen yeah. someone act... And his first um, encounter with the house elf was someone who was not okay with that system. Mm-hmm. And yet he doesn't... And I think he's... I mean, questions. Harry's a little bit different. Like, I think that he questions it, but I think that his first interaction, one, it was against the Malfoys. So that's very, yeah. like, cut and dry. Like, yeah, Malfoys suck. Dobby should be free. Bam. Um, and in this situation, I think it kind of complicates it a little bit more because it's not someone who, it's someone who's like respected, um, yeah. is not in any way a death eater. Um, and I think that like, we're seeing it through Harry's eyes. And I think that Harry definitely thinks that it's wrong, but he's not one of those people who is going to like jump out. He's not Hermione. So he's not going to call it out. He'll yeah, like, he'll treat Winky with, and he's also very much like a one-on-one, like individual type person. Mm-hmm. So like, the way that he, he treats Dobby like he would anyone else because that's what he does. And, like, he frees Dobby because it's the Malfoys, right? Um, with and Winky, because Dobby wants to be free. And because Dobby wants to be free. Whereas, like, with Winky, he treats her, you know, with the same kind of, like, one-on-one, like, you're my equal. Um, but he also doesn't necessarily... He doesn't question the, like, the, the structure around it, but he still, like, treats each one with respect. So he's very much on an individual, like, one-on-one base- basis with them versus, like, trying to address, like, structural inequality structural and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So my MVP of this chapter is Arthur, just because I really, like, again, and I kind of want to throw Molly in there, too, and just mm-hmm. some easies in general, but um, Arthur, because he, from the beginning, like, he makes sure, you know, that the kids, he tells them, you know, stick together, which they don't do, because the trio gone a trio but <laughs> they lost each other <laughs> they did it was like frantic and he you yeah know, he did his best and to like make sure that they like got to safety without abandoning the muggles right so like mm-hmm. what he could have done was led them all took his kids and been like we to, out and we out right everybody and grab all the he, apparating all of age grab a kid <laughs> let's go let's go Right, but, like, he trusts his kids enough and knows that they will look out for each other and knows that they'll Mm -hmm. be okay. So he makes that quick decision, like, y'all go get safe and make sure that you're looking out for each other. And then he also, like, knows that Bill and Charlie are adults at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And Percy is adultish and works at the ministry, so it's also his duty at this point to go and step in. And I think that he shows um, when he comes back for them when they get caught up by crowds. Like he shows that he's willing to stand up 
um, against someone who is more respectable than he is. Um, and also just, like, think things through. But he also shows, like, in the, you know, like, okay, Hermione, I agree, but now's not the time to talk about Elf rights. Like, he knows... He just, he just, he's a good example of, like, how to, like, he's a good model for them, role model, mm-hmm. and, I, and yeah. I think it's shown in a lot of different ways here. Not to say that Hermione shouldn't be standing up for elf rights, but there is a way in which screaming at a bunch of people in a high-stress situation is going to do, have the opposite effect, right. <laughs> you know, than what you intended, and so... Hermione learns it slowly but surely, but, like, she goes full cock, and we'll see you at spew, like, and doesn't really think about, like, the ways to, in which to fight for your cause in an effective manner, Mm -hmm. um, and in a small way, I think Arthur kind of starts that, like, or shows by example how to do that. Right. Um... I benched Barty Crouch Sr. It was hard. It was rough. Because I thought that, that, like, going into the chapter, I knew what was going to happen. So, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but... So I knew what was going to happen, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to barge... I'm going to bench Barty. I'm going to barge Benchy. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to bench Barty. I knew that was going to happen. And then Amos came blundering in. I was like, wait a minute. Hold up. Right. What do I do? I had that too. But, um... but, then, but then, like, Barty came back. So it was really, like, the beginning of Barty, and then Amos was in the middle... And then Barty came at the end or whatever. So I like I, I do I don't regret not benching Amos. Like you know what I mean. Like I do I like I definitely by the end of the chapter I knew who I was benching. It was just yeah. while Amos was talking I was like you have to go. Um, yeah. um, I had a moment of wanting really really badly wanting to bench Percy, but then I had hmm. to like reckon with like you want to bench Percy for something that's about to happen like four books later, right? So or three books later, it happens Two books next later. Book. Order of the Phoenix. Next book. Yeah. Dang. Right. Like, as I'm, like, doing this, I'm like, no, no. There is no four books later. Right. And then, like, and that happens earlier than that. Right. Yeah. Next book. Um, So I had to be like, all right, spoiler-heavy podcast and all, but we still have to, like, play the game that we're playing or whatever that saying is when the game focus on the game you're playing or whatever that there's a thing and it's something yeah i don't even know what you were that's cool um, yeah i'm gonna ask my dad and then i'll let you guys know later (laughs) there is a thing um play the play you're in now and not the next one i don't know thank you for listening (laughs) next week we will be discussing chapter 10 of harry potter and the goblet of fire mayhem at the ministry it's our last episode of 2016 so that's lit thank god Um, Thank the Lord. Make sure to read. for 2016. Man, goodbye. Deuces. Adios. Um, make Deuces. sure to read and follow along. Let us know who you think is the real MVP and who has benched for this chapter and all previous Goblet of Fire chapters and all future Goblet of Fire chapters once we get there. Don't do it ahead of time. We, like, I'm sorry. We're not going um, to wait till we Wait till we drop the episode. But, you know, catch up. Some of y'all, I know some of y'all shy. Send me, just hit me in the DMs. Not the dark mark. Someone? The direct messages. Hit me yeah. in the DMs. Hit me in the... Some people are doing it in a Facebook group. They got a Hit thread the that... Yeah, sorry. It wasn't... <laughs> that wasn't all that clever. It wasn't funny, but I'm corny. It it's was funny late. to me. I'm laughing. Um, great. High five. Um, the, Someone hit uh, me up on Tumblr, and I was like... And I was like, hey, That's give us great, too. And he's like, I'm not... 
I'm not there yet, though. Why are you yelling at me? Can you? Can I give you votes for where I'm at? I'm like, no. But when you get to Goblet of Fire, when you get to Goblet of Fire, there are so <laughs> many places that you could send to me. You don't have to do it all on the timeline and for everybody to see. If you don't want that on your time, that's fine. I don't care. Send it to me. There are ways. You got our Remember, email. You got our Twitter. You got our Facebook. Me. You got our Tumblr. You got Instagram. You got to take up, send a picture. You could. There's a DM in the Instagram. There's lots of ways. I believe in y'all. I so want to like, update my have, spreadsheet. It's Christmas. We have the rule, if you see Harry Potter, you watch Harry Potter, which we like to stick to. And then there's another rule, which is if you got a vote, give us the vote. We don't care how. Just vote. Just give it to us. If you don't have a vote and you don't care, like, cool. That's fine. Not cool. But if you We're a team. If you care and if you have thoughts, let us know. You don't have to let all the team just let us know. It's yeah. cool. You got to vote. Even if you don't have a bench, but you got MVP, cool. Give it to me. Right. You don't have to, if you if you don't have both, you can't make a decision, get whichever one you got. And rest assured, there are no out-of-pocket votes because someone benched all of Europe. And someone, what did you do? You did something out-of-pocket. But it was like, all right. Oh, I benched everyone except yeah. for Madam Pomfrey. Yes. And I've, I benched the entire British school system. You know, there's just, them. if you, sometimes everybody got to go. Everybody, everybody got to sit down. down. It's sometimes fine. everybody got to sit down. And that's mm-hmm. fine. We take it. Great. So make sure to join the conversation on Twitter if you want to, but you should. We're really nice people. And sometimes I get a little bit like overzealous and I might, you might think I'm yelling at you, but I'm just yelling you know, it's basically how she sounds in real life, just through Twitter. Through Twitter. Um, so yeah, join the conversation at We Black and Nerds, hashtag Wizard Team, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, your mama's house, your daddy's house, Carrier Pigeon, Owl, Bald Eagle Post.